From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, come on. You know I don't watch that shit. Why not? Too scared. No. No, it's just what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. To Kim and Kat. Stay alive. Maybe. We are a horror movie comedy podcast. We're going to tell you the entirety of a movie, spoilers and all. And today, I, Lauren Ketrin Porter Martin, the first and only, am going to be the teller of the tale. And I, Kim Burns, I'm going to try to stay alive. Yeah. Um, h- hello. How hello are you, again. my life? I'm hello great. Hello again. How are you? Yes. This is take two, everyone, because Spectrum can suck a dick. <laughs> yes. Um, Gina holds out. Tits up, my bitch. Are you drinking Screwball and Guinness again? I am drinking Screwball. Just straight Screwball. <sighs> Just getting screwed. Nice. Um, no, I drank Eric's last Guinness that he kindly... Said, of course, you can have the last Guinness for the podcast, the take one that Spectrum ruined yesterday. <laughs> so, I mean, we only recorded like 10, 10, 15 minutes before we were like, this is stupid. Let's do it tomorrow. Um, yes. Unlike, it wasn't like a full two, three hours or something. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> which, which has happened. And man, guys, you don't know the heartbreak of recording <laughs> for three hours and having it be kaput. <laughs> Or perhaps you do. I don't know. I don't know your life. Yeah. 
What are you doing um, with your life? Yeah. So it is uh, the beginning of October. Yay. The best month of all the months for many reasons. Yay. What is one reason? What's one, what's one reason, Burns? It's spooky season. And what's reason number two? Halloween. And three. All uh, Souls Eve. Okay, bitch. It's also my birthday month. <laughs> Yay. Um, I'm very excited. I made um, a full moon uh, Sawain magic elixir mm. that you and I will get to enjoy on Halloween. Yay. It will be infusing with magical powers for one month. Yay. One moon cycle. And then we will drink all the magic. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to, going to get it in me. It's going to be wonderful. Give me the magic. Oh, I love it. I love all of it. We're yeah. going to be having a little Halloween Eve outdoor magic sesh um, yeah. when we pull our winner for our Funko Pop. Um, mm -hmm. The night before, on October 30th, we're going to do a tale of drunk horror. Horror yeah. live. To see if or the Madam of Horror can stay alive in a movie. Um, exactly. We're going to be on a Women in Horror Fest panel. Uh, we f I forgot to mention that on our Instagram story yesterday. Um, I know, but also we, do we don't have the details yet. No, but right? for so Etheria Film Fest, um, October 24th or 25th. And then we're going to celebrate Kedron's birthday with our own live show at Horrible Imaginings Campfire Tales on October 10th. Yeah, we have we have a full month, you guys. We're super excited. We also have a collaboration episode uh, coming out with the girls over at the Creep It Real yeah. podcast. That should if be you, next week. Yeah, if fun. you guys aren't familiar with them, bone up on their shit. They're fucking awesome, delightful women. It's a true crime podcast. So uh, they are going to talk about a true crime event, and then we are going to talk about the movie based on that event. Yeah, it's gonna be so it's fun. Gonna be I'm a so little excited. Crossy over, crossy, crossy over. Crisscross um, applesauce. Yes, crisscross. Um, <laughs> what's up, dude? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm going to do my quick PSA for everybody. Um, <laughs> on my. <laughs> We recorded Take this yesterday, um, and for whatever reason, like, I guess just the internet was off, so it's like, when you listen back, it's like, <laughs> Kedrin talking, but like, me having reactions, but they're like, <laughs> five seconds too early, so it's like, yeah, and then it just sounds really weird. So we talked about, like, that that would be, like, the worst superpower is, like, you can see into the future, but, like, only one second, so, like, she could, she knew what I was going to say, but, like, only one second ahead of time. <laughs> Worst superpower ever. Um, so I'm keeping you guys abreast of my uh, mental health. Pro uh, it's a progress report progress for me, and training. I and I yeah, and I want it to be helpful to all of you. Um, I'm feeling really good, and I am not. I'm trying really hard to not beat myself up for not having uh, evaluated my meds sooner, uh, but. The reason that that happens, and this is the part that's a PSA for anyone who's struggling, and this does not just count for people who are like struggling with a diagnosed mental illness. Everybody is under pressure right now and everybody is struggling. Um, 
you know, the disease tells you that you're fine and this is as good as it's going to get. So the idea of embarking upon a journey that may be frustrating or or not work or have side effects or you need to try a lot of different things is really hard to make the decision to do that unless there's a rock bottom event. Um, I would like I would hope that all of you avoid whatever your rock bottom events may be. And let me just tell you, get your mental health shit in order now. Let's start now because the next coming months are only going to get more stressful. So let's all figure our shit out so that we have all of the arrows in our quiver. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I told Katja I read something today that was like, our brains are made to survive, not to make us happy. 100. And so, um, yeah, that's our job, our conscious yeah. mind's job. Yeah. Um, to figure that out and may it be meds, which is great and wonderful. Or may it be kind of the thing that I talked about a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. of like, you know, doing the, the work to -hmm. figure it out. Um, and yeah. And it makes me really happy that you just seem really, really great. And it makes me really happy to see you that way because I love you and you're my best friend. I love you too. And, and my problems have not gone away. Um, but Ooh, I have what we said yesterday. That's what it, that's what I was talking about. That we're, oh, oh, it's okay. hard when we do yeah. the double talk. I know. <laughs> yeah, it is hard. So yeah, that, you say it. You say it again. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so what I what I was saying was, um, yes, this is what it was. So when I was very young, and uh, you know, my parents were making my mental health decisions for me. Obviously, because I was a minor, it was very difficult to sort of get a child on board for like you need to see a therapist, you may need medication, all that kind of stuff. And uh, one, and I said, I don't. I remember saying to my mother, I don't know how taking a pill will fix my problems. And at a very young age, my mom said, it does not. It will not. Your problems will not go away. Uh, And there is nothing I can do about that. What I can do is help you have, I'm going with this metaphor again, have as many arrows in your quiver as possible. (laughs) Yeah. Right now, your quiver is empty. Yeah. So... So it's like the just, outside world's not going to change, but like I'm in control of like my mindset and like how I feel about it. Exactly. And I, I am someone who requires meds. Kim is, is uh, not. So we are not telling you one way or the other. Nope. We're telling you to just uh, get whatever shit together you need to get together. And it's going to be different 100%. for everyone. It's going to be different for everyone. And it's like great the way that whatever that is. Like there's no, no shame in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we've if, both had the deepest, darkest moments of <laughs> literally wanting to commit suicide, like yep. multiple times. And like, mm-hmm. um, it is interesting, you know, but they, it is interesting. I think that like for, for some that can be like an actual part of your brain doing that. And like, I mm-hmm. think for me, it's usually more of a circumstantial, a circumstantial situation. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, the last thing I'll say that I think I started to say is, um, you know, Kim and I are pretty reachable. Um, Sammy's Stay Alive, maybe. We're constantly checking in there. On the Facebook Um, group. On the Facebook group. Uh, We're both on Instagram and Twitter. So if you're just completely lost for resources, I'm sure Kim and I have um, suggestions for you. Obviously, you know, speak to professionals. But if you're just (laughs) sort of lost of where to start, reach out to us. We're, we're happy to yeah. answer preliminary, preliminary questions. Everyone yeah. to be thriving. 100. Happy. 
Okay, PSA concluded. Ms. Burns, next on the agenda. Okay, here's the thing that I did. Um, I was going to share one thing, and then a new thing came in the same realm last night. Oh, um, okay. But I did one thing that I was really proud of myself, um, and you'll all understand why. But I was supposed to, like, have a virtual date with someone that I met on, like, a dating app or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and we first just said, like, the day that it would be. And then, like, the day of, I kind of don't even hear from him for, like, most of the day. And then he's finally like, oh, are we still on for tonight? Um, is nine good? Do you want to get sushi? And I was like, nine is good. I thought we were doing virtual. And then he's like, what makes you think we're doing virtual? And I was like, because we agreed to it. <laughs> and then I, like, sent him a screenshot of, like, <laughs> us talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and mind you, also, like, we hadn't talked that much. Like, some people I talk way more before we actually, like, get to, like, the next step or whatever. We hadn't mm -hmm. talked that much. And, like, yeah, this is, like, pretty much coming from, like, the, the COVID situation of, like, doing virtual dates first. But, like, if I'm still dating after COVID's over, like, I'm going to keep that. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't want to fucking <laughs> Like, especially someone yeah. I haven't talked to that much. I'm just like, I don't want to fucking, like – Get dressed, drive yes. for the fuck ever, sit down, realize I'm not yeah. into you 20 minutes in and have to finish out a sushi dinner with you. Like, you know what I mean? Totally. Um, it's a fucking great litmus it's test. Great. It's wonderful, like, to know mm. if you want to go to the next step. So, anyway, I'm here for it no matter what. But um, it already felt a little like mm, weird. You know, I, I already had my, my tingles going. Um, and I was like, is that not okay with you? And then he's like, actually, that's a great idea. Or like, that's great. Or something like that. Um, I'll, I'll like, I'll message you like when I'm done with my workout. And I was like, great. And then um, nine o'clock comes and goes. Shut the fuck up. And I don't hear from him until 10 o'clock. He messages me on Instagram. No. And sends a picture of like the tub filling up. <laughs> and being like, oh, I worked out with some friends and now I'm just relaxing. Would you want to get together sometime? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, she would not. <laughs> what? And, you know, I had to think on it and I, I wrote down my exact response right away. And I was like, I'm going to sleep on this, though, and also not reply to him for a night. Um, and the next day I responded and I said, um, I thought it was rude that we agreed to talk at nine and then um, I didn't hear from you until an hour after that with on Instagram until and then without even a mention of it. Um, yeah. And to be quite frank, I'm looking for a man who respects me and my time and treats me better than that. I have <laughs> full fucking body goose bumps and chills. Oh, my God. I just my <laughs> get your fast out. What? Did I kill her? What happened? I'm sorry. <laughs> I am dead. I'm a ghost now. I, be, ghost my, ghost. I, I just, I experienced Nirvana and my meat suit was like, we're not needed anymore. And my soul left my body. <laughs> I'm so, I'm, I can't just I'm crying. So, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not sure how you feel. There's a I, lot. It feels I'm just so, I'm just so fucking proud of you. Like I just, I'm responding to a lot of information other than just the story because I feel like I've just known you for so long. And the idea of what you just did is like, I'm making me cry. 
it's I am sorry. I have no words. I'm just so fucking proud of you. I because as I was listening to it, it's just like it's fucking disrespectful. Mm -hmm. But then there's like a casual disrespect. Yeah. That is more infuriating. And I just I'm so fucking in love with you right now like I feel like I'm gonna shit myself like I just I'm so I just love it because you you weren't in like you weren't bitchy I uh to those of you not on Patreon I I made air quotes because it's not there's no version of what she said that's bitchy but it is often construed that way yeah by the patriarchy uh I'll just say it um it was a fucking beautiful response and really and you didn't and you didn't need to message like me or sync to be like should I send this like you were like I'm in my fucking power and I know that I should send this and just like queen bitch I just hi nice to meet you I fucking <laughs> love you like Thank that was you. beautiful yeah I felt really proud of myself like I was just like I don't deserve to be treated that way. And I'm not going to yeah. allow this person to, but so here's, what's interesting. And this is what I shared on my Instagram today too. Um, and I had seen this before this and like saved it. I was like, Oh yeah, I get that. And then I was like, mm -hmm. mm, now I really get it even more. <laughs> yeah. Um, because for the entire day though, after sending it, I, I have like a pit in my gut mm. waiting to see if he might reply and what that's going to be. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, thankfully, he just didn't reply, which is the best outcome as Great. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to, like, some of the girls about it. And, like, um, was like, dude, every time I advocate for myself, I, like, have this, you know, this feeling until I get, like, the response from it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. it's something a lot of people experience. Um, I think especially a lot of women. But um, yep. <clears throat> there's this thing that says, if you feel guilty at first when setting boundaries – Remember, you have, you have been conditioned to put your needs, wants, feelings, and humanity aside to please others. Yeah. And you can unlearn Fuck this successfully yeah. with practice and the right guidance. <sighs> Holy shit. I'm, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. It's just fucking incredible. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. All right. I think Is that all of our business? Do you want to hear a movie? I do want to hear a movie. I'm very excited. Okay. So this is a Shudder original that... Uh, Kim and I had a lot of confusion about, <laughs> <laughs> but we got it all sorted but out. That's how the beauty of last week's episode came to be. Yep. Um, so true. Because there are so two true. movies with this title. Yep. And the one that I'm doing is the Shutter original Spiral. So Not the it future movie spiral that is part of the saw family exactly <laughs> so uh this is spiral you can go watch it right now if you wish and it was great okay i remembered my dead or lives this week thank you so here we go malik oh um alive aaron a-a-r-o-n aaron um, Aaron, Aaron, yeah. <laughs> Drives me nuts that people say those two names as if they're the same word. They're very different. <sighs> Aaron right and Aaron. Uh, wait, wait. Either one. <laughs> are they dead or alive? 
Uh, Aaron is alive. Kayla. Alive. Marshall. Dead. Uh, Tiffany. Alive. Tyler. Dead. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) It felt felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's, it was... Moving right along. Here did we go. I tell you that Philly Cheesesteak did listen to some of the podcast, and um, no. he was was he kept saying certain things about like what I was saying, and I was like, I really think you might be mixing up our voices, voices. like uh-huh. who's who, because like what he would say, I was like, that really sounds more like Ketrin. Like I don't know. Yeah. Um, and he was like, No. He's like, I can tell your voice. He's like, You still sound like you're from Fox Chase. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's funny. <laughs> what did he think? Do you remember what he thought you were saying? He said something about like my vocabulary that it was great. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I would (laughs) venture to say anyone who listened to the podcast would say the opposite of us. (laughs) No, but like, you know what words mean. Sometimes you just can't think of the word. Yeah. That's not see the picture. Um, Yeah, exactly. So, but I never know what that comes off like to others. So, um, I'm very curious. Now I want details. I'm very curious. Um, I just thought that was okay. funny. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I didn't realize I still had a Philly accent until the fucking podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you figure out? Did you? So it was made this year, but who's the writer director? So the writer director is. It did just come out, right? This year? Mm hmm. Yeah. So it is written by John Poliquin and Colin Minahan. Uh, and then the director is Curtis David Harder. Oh. Uh, and I'll talk, I'm going to talk a little bit more about like what these writers and directors have done at the end. Uh, Cause some of it uh, gives some themes away. So I don't oh. want to. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Um, okay. So we open on a sign, a neon sign that says Angels Drive-In, December 12th, 1983. And it's, yeah, and it's lightly snowing. Uh, it's starting to, to, to stay on the ground and not melt. And there's just like really sweet music playing. And we pan into a car, um, and two boys making out, and it's just, like, very sweet. Then we see headlights through the windshield of their car. And they both stop, and they can't really see because the headlights are, like, bright. Right, on. yeah. Uh, and then we flash to present day, two dads in the car, uh, 1995. Okay. Uh, so it's 12 years later, 1995. And we are to assume it's the same two boys? The No, okay. that one of the boys is the same. Okay. Uh, Malik is the same boy from okay. the flashback. So uh, we flash to two dads in the car. Malik is definitely like the younger dad. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, Aaron is the older dad, daddy if you will, but like in a cute way. Okay. Uh, And they have a 16 year old daughter in the car and it's this beautiful, almost like 
Midwestern landscape in the sense that like there are acres and acres and acres and acres of nothing and then there'll just be a small little town. Okay. Okay. They are driving over this old bridge into the small town and they're just talking about, you know, like that they're how beautiful it is. And obviously the 16 year old daughter is annoyed that they're moving because she's 16 and they took her out of her school in Chicago and Um, she's over it. Fucking been there. Exactly. I get it. It's the worst. Yeah. Um, She appears to like her dad and stepdad, but regardless, they are moving her to like a super small town. So uh, they're just kind of talking about it. And she's doing a lot of teenage eye rolling. Stepdad? Yes. We learned that later. So like her dad is like the older dad. And then her stepdad is Malik, who was the one in the flashback. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, so she's doing a lot of like teenage eye rolling and blah, 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 blah. Bird hits the windshield. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of like swerve and like stop. And everyone kind of takes a deep breath. And then we just see spiral across the screen so now they're in their new no so now they're in their new house and it totally reminded me of you me and Sophia moving where like that first night we ate Taco Bell by candlelight in our air mattresses (laughs) yes (laughs) that's what they're doing and Malik is telling this story about like his club kid his scene club kid days club kids RuPaul I think refers to them as like scene kids or club kids and he's talking about like his first love and it was like a drag scene and this guy had just like beautiful long blonde hair and sculpted abs and I was just in my 20s and um and Kayla his stepdaughter is like and how did it end up and he's like oh he turned out to be a prick but (laughs) most of them are totally totally (laughs) And then he kind of like looks over at Kayla's dad and he's like, except your dad. Oh, cute. And they're just talking. And then at one point, dad, Aaron, goes, do you hear that? And they're like, what? He's like, shh. Do you hear it? They're like, no, we don't hear anything. And he goes, exactly. No traffic. Uh, No screaming. No sounds of the city. Right. Just silence. And Kayla just kind of, like, rolls her eyes. And, like, Malik kind of does, too. And uh, then I feel like that would stress me out a little bit. (laughs) It would stress you out. Whereas I'm like, I love it. No sound. (laughs) No humans. Just just plants and birds. Having some sounds. Always. Like a little bit of city. No, thank you. So then Kayla's like, what about you, Dad? And she's like, how did you lose your virginity? Was it with mom? And Aaron is like, yep. And she's like, how old were you? And he's like, I was 100 years old, which is how old you will be when you lose your virginity. (laughs) (laughs) And then she looks at him and she's like, how do you know I haven't lost it already? And he's just like, and we're done. All very sweet. It's very cute. And even her teenage attitude about clearly her parents splitting up and her dad coming out and her new stepdad right stressful but she's fine Mm kind of thing I do want to remind you it's 1995 so oh thank you for the reminder yeah 
So now we cut to Malik and Aaron in the kitchen and uh, Aaron is doing dishes and Mal Malik is like, um, you know, she's just being like a teenager. Like she just feels abandoned by her mom. She's blaming you. She'll get over it. Like Malik is very much able to like sort of be the translator of a teenager because mm-hmm. it's very clear that he's younger than Aaron is. And uh Aaron comes over and he's like, I just don't get all this stuff. He's like, you're the New York party monster and I'm the old man. <laughs> and it's, they kiss and it's super cute. And, Ma- and Aaron's like, all right, I got to go to work. And Mal is like, can't you just take another day off? And he's like, no, somebody's got to pay for this house. And it's very sweet. So Aaron leaves the room of their kitchen Malik kind of like stands there like finishing his glass of wine, just kind of ruminating on the conversation. And then we cut to outside of their home and we see Malik through the window and a hooded figure is standing in their yard just staring at them. Mm. So now we cut to an expansive town landscape. But again, it's very much like, here's the town and here's nothing around it. Sounds horrible. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. In this context, yes. And you'll find out why. <laughs> so, uh, so now we cut to Mal in bed and it's morning and he kind of like rolls over to like put his hand on Aaron and Aaron is already up. So Mal then goes to wake up Kayla And he's like, get up, bitch. Like, he very much, it's, like, very cute. And he's like, get up. We're going to, like, get this place together before your dad gets home. And Kayla's just like, no, I don't want to. And, like, finally, she gets up. Uh, So then we cut to Mal setting up his computer. Uh, So he's clearly, like, a work-from-home type of situation. Okay. And Aaron goes to an office. So... Then we cut to Kayla. She's now woken up and she's like putting on a little bit of makeup and she takes a selfie, but with a Polaroid camera. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Of her just sort of like at her vanity, having like put on mascara at her new house. And then she like prints it out and puts it on her billboard. That's funny. Yeah. And then she goes and she's like unpacking a box and she like kind of finds a picture and she's looking at it just like, oh, like this is cool. So then we cut to uh, Malik and Kayla sitting at the foot of her bed and they're looking at a photo album together. And Malik is like telling her like what all the pictures are and stuff. And then she comes to a picture of two guys in drag and she's like, is that dad? And Malik (laughs) is like, yeah. And she's like, oh my God. And like, she's just like so weirded out. (laughs) But in a... In a very cute way of, like, I'm seeing my dad in a dress, not in, like, a homophobic way. But, again, it's 1995. Totally, totally. And this is where Malik is, like, girl, like, you just need to choose to live your life. Live Mm -hmm. your truth and live it loud and live it proud. (laughs) Okay, Malik. Thank you. (laughs) It's so sweet. Uh, It's so fucking sweet. (laughs) Thank you. I needed to hear that. Yeah. And it's cute because like she clear they clearly have this like they're closer in age relationship and there's a lot of eye rolling on her part and a lot of eye rolling on his part, frankly, but you can tell that they respect each other totally in a way that's beneficial to them both. Yeah. 
So now we cut to Malik, and he is putting that picture of him and Aaron in drag on his little bulletin board, like in his home office. And he just looks at it and smiles. And then he opens up another box, and he pulls out a pair of broken eyeglasses and just sets them decoratively on the uh, credenza that the billboard is above. And it's just like little broken glasses. Do you call bulletin boards billboards or you just keep accidentally Uh, saying that? Oh, just constantly fucking it up. Okay. I I feel it as it happens. Bulletin boards. Bulletin board. Bulletin (laughs) board. Bulletin board. A couple times and I was like, I was like, I think she means bulletin board, but she keeps saying billboard. (laughs) No, I. Does she call them billboards? Is that a secret word that I don't know? No, I 100% mean bulletin board. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So he places the glasses on the credenza. And at this point we see a flashback to the car and headlights and the kids making out. And the kid that Malik is making out with has those glasses on. Okay. So now we cut to Malik taking out the trash and at the foot of his driveway he sees his neighbor across the way is an old man standing at the foot of his driveway and Malik goes hey we're the new neighbors and the old man just stares at him shakes his head oh no and goes back inside fuck so Malik is just kind of like unfriended Yeah, unfriended. And Malik also has a very sort of like, he's not shocked. Totally, yeah. By this. Yeah. I mean, I unfriended that old man on Facebook. That's what I was Me too. 100. Well, but hold. Okay. So cut to Kayla on the phone. And she's on speakerphone in her room with a boy named Derek. And Aaron comes in. And he's just like the cutest dad because like he's just like, doing all the shit he has to do. He's picking up her laundry and shit. And like, he hears that Derek is on the phone. He's like, Hey buddy, how's it going? And blah, blah, blah. And, uh, Kayla kind of gives Aaron a look being like, dad, get out. And so he just goes, uh, Derek, buddy, uh, I got to run. Cause if I stay in this room, I'm going to get murdered. So <laughs> talk to you soon. They're so cute. So cute. And so he leaves and Aaron shuts the door, but then Derek is on speakerphone. So like, as he shuts the door, he hears Derek say, how's your other dad? And Kayla's like, fine. Why? And he's like, I'm just asking. And he's like, do me a favor though. Like, don't take this the wrong way, but like, just don't share any drinks with them. Okay. Don't share any drinks with them. Yes. So 1995, uh, it was still very common to think that you could get AIDS from a toilet seat, that all gay people had AIDS, that if you shared a drink with them, you would get AIDS. Yeah. Still super common. Yeah. Uh, Which I didn't remember that. I mean, we were kind of young, so. We were young and also like, I don't believe either of us were, like, in a community where, like, we would have known any out people at the time. That would have been, like, in the gay scene. If anything, they were closeted. You know what I mean? Like, we just wouldn't have had a a conversation about that at that age. 100%. That we were. No, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, wow. Ugh. Yeah. So, or that you could like catch being gay, I guess, from drinking. Yeah. Oh, so. Or that all gay people have AIDS and <clears throat> you're going to catch it. Like, I guess, I guess it was still unclear that like you could only catch AIDS in, in certain ways. Um, I don't like that. I don't either. Yeah, it, it sucked pretty bad, apparently, when the whole AIDS thing came through. I actually had like a, because if you guys don't know, Eric is um, just shy of a decade older than me. So like a lot of his experiences um, are very different because his consciousness was completely beyond mine at the time things were going on. And he's like, yeah, the AIDS thing was... Um, terrifying and polarizing and Mm -hmm. dominated so many conversations which is just so interesting to me so yeah so now we cut to mal uh at his desk and he's watching a videotape of this old white dude who's spouting off about inalienable rights and blah 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 and it's like an interview type situation and Malik is like watching it and fast forwarding and rewinding. And then Aaron comes up behind him and he's like, how's it going? And Malik is like, this guy just fucking sucks. And he's like, I just can't believe I'm still doing spec writing. So what it is, is it looks like he's a ghost writer for this guy who doesn't want to do the writing. So the guy sat down and just okay, spoke. Okay, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he just talks and then and Malik, then Aaron, like write Malik writes it. Okay. Yeah. So... Aaron is like, I believe in you. Get to work. And then, oh, I think this is when he makes the joke about, like, I need help paying off this house. Mm -hmm. So, and it's said in a very supportive way. It's said in a way that's like, I believe you're going to be making money soon. And that it will be no skin off your back to help me pay off this house. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, like, yeah. So, I don't need to pick this up yet. I don't know why I picked that up. So, now we cut to nighttime. And the captions say banging in the distance because I didn't hear anything (laughs) (laughs) banging in the distance. Um, And it's (laughs) it sounds like a very steady uh, closed fist on a wall sound. Okay, Um, And it wakes up Malik. And he's looking around the house for the sound. Doesn't turn on a light. Walking very slowly. And he can't find it. Uh, this is also where we see um, a layout. It appears that there are two bedrooms on either side of the second floor, but the hallway connecting their two bedrooms, Malik and Aaron and Kayla, is an open hallway where you can look down over the living room. Okay. Do you see that? I do. Okay. So he's looking around, can't find it, kind of puts his ear up to Kayla's room and opens the door. She's asleep, not in there. Walking slowly through the terrifying house, comes to a window. It's a branch beating against the house. Okay. So Malik is kind of like, I'm an idiot. Like, just kind of like annoyed that it woke him up. So now we cut to the next day, and Malik is sawing the branch off so it doesn't hit the window anymore. Nice. And we cut to a knock on the door. Hello. Aaron answers. And it's a neighbor with a big, ugly plant. And it, 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 like it's, it looks like a cactus, but with like a closed bulb at the end. 
Okay. It's a, it was a weird housewarming gift because I was just like, this is a very specific aesthetic and you're taking a chance here. <laughs> I don't like strange. when people try to decorate my house for me. I'm not going to lie. 100. 100. And this plant is very, it's a polarizing plant in terms of a decorating aesthetic. Yeah. And it's large. So uh, Aaron answers the door and she's like, oh, I, I just wanted to come by and introduce myself. I thought you guys might be home because I saw your gardener outside. Because uh-huh. Malik is a person of color. Aaron is a middle-aged white dude. Okay. And Aaron says, oh, oh, no, that's, that's not my gardener. That is my partner. Malik? Malik comes up and, like, puts his arms around Aaron. And uh, she's like, oh, we've never had – this is very exciting. Oh, man. In our neighborhood. And Malik just kind of has this, like, knowing smirk on his face where he's just like, I fucking get you, bitch. She's very nice. uh, But – um. You get it. You see her. You see who Tiffany is. Yeah. And so she hands them the flower and she's like, it might look weird now, but it when it blooms, it's extravagant. Did you have a question? No. That's just so complicated. It's just so ugh, so many, so much. <sighs> Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> so Oh, and that was also the thing. So she's like, we've never had, we don't have, she's, she said something along the lines of like people like you, but it wasn't that pointed, but it was like clear. Mm-hmm. And Malik just goes, oh no, maybe they're in hiding. <laughs> and Aaron just kind of like awkward laughs and, uh, and you know, they're like, thank you and close the door. So. Cut to Kayla, and she's printing something from one of those loud fucking printers that was like, (laughs) I know it so well, yeah. Yeah. And Mal comes in, and he's like, what are you doing? And uh, she's like, I'm getting a job, so I don't have to stay in this fucking house stuck with you all day. And he's like, I thought you could be my assistant. And she's like, how are you going to pay me dad's money? but it's yeah but again it's cute yeah and but Malik does say he's like I have my own money and she's like okay well I'm leaving she's like hope I don't end up on a milk carton bye and then Malik is like your dad and I won't miss you if you do and then he like rolls his eyes Mm -hmm. and it's like jokey but not jokey like he's the the crack about money was pointy yeah like got him a little bit yeah So now I cut to Kayla riding her bike into town and she rides right on past a straight up thirst trap. Oh, and he was, he was set like a trap. I mean, he was set like a speeding trap because he was literally like pulled over on the side of the road with a cool red car, smoking a cigarette in a leather jacket with sort of like casual, messy, but purposely messy hair. And I was just like, you know what you're doing, I'm sir. Into it. Burn a heart in my ankle, sir. Yeah, burn a heart in my ankle. And Kayla was like, "Where's your brand? Because my ankle is bare <laughs> and unburned." She was into it. 
Let's go to the tracks. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut back to Mal and he's listening to uh, old fuddy duddy white guy on the tape. And we hear the old fuddy duddy white guy start talking about a tr- the importance of a traditional family. Sure. <laughs> so at this point, Mal turns it up and he just has a look of like, A, here we fucking go, and B, pain. Mm-hmm. Cut to Mal running in the new neighborhood. And you know exactly what he runs past. He runs past a church. He runs past a bunch of American flags. He runs past a bunch of people that just blatantly stare at him as he runs by. Mm-hmm. And now we cut to him coming home. Uh, so he walks in the door and he's like, Aaron? Aaron's not home. Walks into the main living area and he stops dead in his tracks. And the camera pans around. The F word. I won't say it. Uh, uh, not the one we say all the time. The other one is scrawled across his wall. And they did it in a really tasteful way because obviously that word is rightfully extremely triggering for some people. So the way that they filmed it, it was really impressive because it's Malik's back, uh, but his body is perfectly blocking the two G's. Oh. So you know so exactly what word, what is word without, it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and he has a flashback to the night in the car with his young boyfriend. <laughs> Question number one, Kim. Yes. Yes. Where am I? I just used it to do data or live. I feel like I'm like absorbing pens into my body <laughs> somehow. I always do that. Uh, so question number one, what do you do and what does Malik do at this point? You have the F word scrawled across your wall inside, inside your house. Oh, wait, it's inside? He walked into the house, and it is inside his house. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to call Aaron. I'm going to take a picture of it. And. Discuss with Aaron what we should do. Okay. What does Malik do? Uh, he. Hmm. We don't know Malik. I know. I don't yet. know him well enough. I have a couple options floating in my brain. Mm-hmm. So either similar to what I did or just clean it up and don't say anything or like call the police or something like that. Um, let's go with call the police. One point for you. Uh, tell Aaron, tell Aaron, do that. (laughs) Uh, Malik gets a bucket of paint and, uh, he paints it over and Aaron comes home. And says, oh my gosh, I didn't know we were painting today. And Malik says, I thought I could use a fresh coat. I just feel like if that's, 
it's not a great idea in general to do that. Like, but like if it's on your garage or something like that, like outside. Yeah. But like someone was inside your home. That is really needs to be discussed. Yeah. So that's the first thing he does. We'll get to the second thing in in a little bit. So Kayla, as he's painting, is laying on the couch and Aaron goes over and he's like, hi. And she like doesn't hear him. So he like goes over and takes her headphones off and is like, hello. And she's like, dad. And um, uh, she's just like being a teenager. And Malik is like, tell your dad what you did today. And he's like, what did you do? She's like, I got a job as a hostess. And he's like, oh, my God, we have to celebrate. (laughs) And so he opens up this, like, CD case that's, like, rainbow hits or something. No, rainbow 80s hits or something like that. It's 80s hits. Yeah. And he, like, puts the CD in, takes her headphones off, and he starts dad dancing. And it's, like, so cute. And he, like, makes Kayla get up. And then, like, Malik jumps over the railing. And he starts dancing, too. And it's super cute. So that's all happening. And the camera pans out. And we see them through the window. And we see that old trash can man is standing in the in the driveway watching them. Hey, old window. trash can man. Old, old trash Oscar. Can. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I just got very emotional about what great dads i they saw are. that they're really yeah sweet super sweet mm-hmm. yeah so uh aaron especially just is like such a kind i just father. love that and not something yeah. i've ever experienced yeah and just mm-hmm. like even like when you're like super annoyed like she's so annoyed at him but she's just like yeah. dad it's, it's sweet just like yeah like so much love and sweet yeah I yeah really, yeah i love that yeah so uh old trash can man staring at them through the window cut to mal writing in his computer and he is clearly like he doesn't want to be writing for this dude sure obviously you know so nope. every every word is like a slog you know, yeah. And so he kind of like sits back and rolls his shoulders and shoulders, and then he looks over at his bulletin board. The picture of him and Aaron and drag is gone. Oh, my fuck, fuck, fuckity, fuck boss. Question number two: What do you do, and what does Mal do? I'm gonna tell Aaron. Now someone has been in our home. They've stolen something from us. God knows what else. Mm-hmm. Like what the actual fuck balls? We need to discuss this. Yep. He um what does he do? <laughs> uh I'm okay, I'm gonna stick with he he does nothing again. Or like you know, like puts a blanket over it still. One point for you again. Yes, communication, please. Mal still does not communicate to Aaron. He just has a security system installed without telling Aaron. Oh, uh, but like work. not like why. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 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 It's weird. Uh, Mal definitely 
has issues, like understandably, he's clearly been through trauma mm-hmm. and he's a young gay man married raising a daughter in 1995 like yeah. I get it but yeah. like there's some communication issues cut to security system being installed now we cut to Malik in the garage and he's on the phone in the garage like there's a phone in the garage and he's talking to an old friend named Liam and he's clearly talking to Liam about everything that's happened about the f word on the in their house about the picture being stolen about the security system being installed and Liam on the other end is like you're too paranoid like things are different and Malik is like things are not different like things are exactly the fucking same as they were 10 years ago like Uh I don't know what you're talking about shit is bad and Liam is like it's not how it was back then and he's like have you told Aaron that you had the system installed and Malik is like no not yet And then we see the garage door start to open, like the automatic garage door. Uh And Malik is like, okay, I got to go and hangs up really fast. It's Aaron. And he comes in with his little like briefcase and he's just like so tired from work. And uh, he's like, what are you doing out here? And he's like, oh, just, you know, unpacking some stuff. And Malik goes over and, like, gives him a kiss. And he's like, how was your day today? And he's like, I'm just so tired. And he's like, can you just hurry up and finish this book so I can retire? (laughs) And uh, they just, like, have cute little banter. So now we cut to a neighborhood barbecue or, like, fire pit. Neighborhood fire pit. There's definitely, like, a fire that everyone's standing around with red solo cups kind of thing. Okay. Um, Neighborhood get-together. And we meet Tiffany, plant lady, right, and her husband, Marshall. And they're very polite. Uh, Aaron and Malik introduce themselves, and they're like, uh, you know, just welcome to the neighborhood. Really sweet. And Marshall's like, it looks like you and I have something in common, Malik. And Malik's like, what? And Marshall is like, well, we both work from home while our better halves are out in the world working or whatever. Um, and Malik is just like, yeah, cool. And as he's talking, he looks across the fire and he sees old trash can man just staring at him. Old trash can man. Old trash can man just staring at him. And he kind of like comes back into the conversation. Like he like tuned out for a second, comes back in and Marshall's like, so what do you do Malik? And he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm ghostwriting. And old trash command just staring at him. And then they toast. Mal is really uneasy with the entire with the entirety of the situation, not just old trash can man, like uh-huh. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Untrusting is the word. And Aaron is chill as fuck. Like he's just like, this is great. So now we cut to Malik waking up again in the middle of the night. He hears something again. So he's walking around his creepy house and he hears more banging. This time he has a bat in hand. And as he's walking around, he sees man run across the window Ah! outside of his house. And the alarm starts blaring. (gasps) Question three. What are you doing? What does Malik do? Um... So outside the house, not inside the house. He saw someone. Outside the house, but he, yeah, yeah. Like the silhouette of somebody running past their window. 
Okay. Um, and the alarm is like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm going to have the alarm people come, security people come for sure. And I think he's going to run to the outside, uh, run to like, toward, I don't know, run downstairs, maybe to the window, maybe to outside, maybe kind of like trying to see who it is. One point for Malik, no points for you, and you'll learn why in a second. You gained some information by doing what Malik did. Though your response was completely logical, we happen to know that Malik's response got us some information. Okay. I always struggle with those questions because I'm I like, know. that's a ridiculous thing to do, but you're lucky that it ended the, like, yeah, you didn't, it's make, always you didn't, tough when like whatever you're doing that's what i was that's what i was saying no but just like your answer for stuff like that's what i was trying to say about saw where it was like it wasn't saying whether he died or not it was more just like whatever you're doing in this moment doesn't immediately kill you but it also doesn't do anything for you either so like yeah is that a point or not i don't know exactly yeah Yeah, it's It's like tough to score those moments where it's just like yeah it like didn't you didn't immediately die. Yeah. But like. Yeah. So this one definitely like for sure 100% gets you some information. So it, I was at least able to say that. So he runs out. It's old trash can man. Mm-hmm. And he's chasing after him with a. Malik is chasing after him with a bat. Old trash can man falls to the ground. And he's like, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Where am I? Oh, no. And he's, like, looking up at, at Malik, and it, like, broke my heart. So now old trash can man is old sad trash can man. Oh, no. There's yeah. too much sadness in this. I, yeah. And so uh, he's, like, holding something. Old, old sad trash can man is holding something in his hand. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, take it. Please, please take it. Please take it. And Aaron just kind of like grabs the piece of paper and like holds it in his fist, doesn't look at it right away. And at this point, Aaron comes out and he's like, what the fuck? Because also like the alarm is blaring Mm -hmm. and he's like, we have an alarm. Like it's, so he still didn't tell him. He didn't even still didn't tell him. No. And, uh, at that point, the old man like gets up and he's like, where am I? I'm just time doesn't mean the same thing. I'm so confused. (laughs) Oh no. And he walks off. I can't. God. Like, Kim, can we please? You know where I realize I want to live when we're old, old ladies? Uh, In one of those retirement communities where they've turned it into an enclosed town. Yeah. It's a little. And and it'll be like of the 90s or early 2000s or something where we just like live happily in olden times together. Yes. And you just take your little cart. To the grocery store. I'm heading down the street to the grocery store, but the street is a hallway and I'm old yeah. and it's adorable <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> uh, oh no. Eric oh. tells me all the time that he's going to die before me and I'm like, well, thank God I have Kim because I'm moving in. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I'm living to triple digits, bitch. So yeah, me too. Come on over. I'm living to triple digits as well. So walks off confused. So now we cut to Aaron, uh, yelling at 
Malik being like, you fucking installed an ins- a security system and didn't tell me. He's like, how much money was this? And Malik is like, $1,000. And he's like, fuck. Like, Aaron is pissed. Yeah. Well, I mean, one, because he didn't fucking tell. I get the sense that Aaron would have complied. Like, he's a reasonable person. Right, like, But right. because you did it all secretly, secretly now you like, fucking made it weird. Spent $1,000 on, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And like, not to like throw salt in the wound, Malik, but like of of Aaron's money. Yeah. So like if we're going to come down to brass tacks, that's where we are. So old trash, old sad trash can man just like wandered away. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Yeah, like, but he's like across the street. So like he wandered away across the street. So like, but his yes, home. I'm his hoping. Home. OK, good. his home. I was yes. like, we didn't like help him get there or anything. Uh, by that point. Like, it seemed like there were people or were going to be people in the neighborhood that, like, heard the alarm going off. So, like, we can assume he got back to his house safely. And it's a very small town. Very small. So, Aaron is super pissed and he's like, we're not in Chicago anymore, Malik. Like, people don't even lock their doors in the suburbs. And he literally, like, undoes the deadbolt and walks away. Which I'm like, "Ah, you should... Still lock your door, but okay. Yeah. So Aaron leaves and Mal then looks at the piece of paper that old sad trash can man gave him and it's blank. There's nothing on it. Okay. Now we cut to Mal and he's waking up with a really bad headache, like the kind of headache where it's like my brain's going to explode. So he goes into the bathroom and he takes meds Mm -hmm. real quick and it appears to like quell the headache and this was in the middle of the night so now we cut to Malik trying to see the next day like or maybe like maybe it's at night like he's up and Aaron is still asleep whatever but he's like trying to see if there's like anything on the paper so like he holds it up to light he like does like a pencil rubbing Mm -hmm, and he mm -hmm. did nothing he doesn't see anything (laughs) and then I wrote I want to write a horror movie where everyone communicates like just what what could happen if we took away the trope of like people don't communicate people like what if everyone everything. just communicated health healthfully but it was still a horror movie what is that <laughs> what would that look like um everyone lives I'm just kidding. yeah so now we cut to aaron and he's coming home again, so it's the next day what it's just michael myers being like i mean like here's how i feel about you know <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we got to Aaron coming home again the next day and Mal is in the kitchen just kind of like looking sullen. And Aaron is annoyed because he's like, hey, and uh, Mal doesn't really say anything. So Aaron is like, nice to see you, too. And he's like, did you call the alarm company? And Mal's like, for what? He's like, for a refund. And Mal is like, no, not yet. And Aaron just kind of storms away. Why doesn't he just yeah. tell him about what just happened say, for the reason yeah. that we have the fucking alarm? Uh, fucking say someone broke into our house and painted the F word on our fucking wall, dude. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's a valid, valid reason. Yeah. So just tell him. I don't understand. I, I get the sense from Malik that there is such a deep seated lack of trust that like it's not even logical anymore at this point. Does that make sense? Uh, trust. 
uh, lack of trust to like the world or to Aaron or anyone himself, literally anyone. Like I just get the sense of like a very like not trusting or keeping secrets, hiding is like his default. And so right. he just kind of does it across the board is sort of the okay vibe I'm getting from from Malik. Got it. So now we cut to Kayla in her room with thirst trap. <gasps> with thirst trap, Kayla, my with girl. Thirst trap. Ah. And they're playing Mario Kart. Yes, they are. And thirst trap asks about her two dads and she kind of gets defensive and is like oh here we go and he's like no 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 it's cool like I'm just asking like where's your like where's your mom like I'm just curious and she's like probably off partying in Costa Rica with her new family oof yeah ouch and then Kayla kind of wants to like change the subject and so she like schools him and she's like watch this and then she just like schools him in Mario Kart and it's cute Love it. Such a, such a fucking power move to like school someone in Mario Kart. I mean, I wouldn't know from experience, but <laughs> it seems like it would be powerful. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to think about things that it, it does feel that way. There's like certain things when you can be like a boy in it. That's like kind of a more boyish thing. Yeah. Um, I think I could do that with like go-karts a lot. Yeah. The only thing I could ever beat some humans in ever was like swimming but that was right. obviously like not with any boys that I had a crush on on my swim team that right. certainly yeah didn't yeah happen. yeah so it was it had and to be how like, often are you like going on a swim date with someone exactly so yeah. like yeah. not a lot of opportunities much, much like your superpower of telling the future one second <laughs> into the future my superpower <laughs> of being able to beat some people sometimes in a swim off didn't come in handy too yeah often. yeah so I just feel like um, car driving things and car driving video games, too, are things that I could beat boys in. Exactly. Yeah. Probably not anymore, but back in the day. Once again, Kim was way cooler than me. <laughs> Is that a lot of brothers? <laughs> uh, so now we cut to Mal getting water at the kitchen sink. And he looks out the window across the way to old sad trash can man's house Mm. and he looks in the window and he sees a bunch of neighbors in there and they're all in a big circle and they're doing some sort of chanty dance swing (laughs) what in a circle at old sad trash can man's house and malik is just like what have we got ourselves into yeah And Malik says the same thing. And he's just like, what the fuck now? And then he sees Marshall just kind of walk into the room. Then we see that a teen boy, not thirst trap, kind of leaves the circle and is just like staring out the window. Pained or entranced. It's unclear because sometimes I can kind of only see silhouettes of what's happening. Uh-huh. But he walks away from the circle and he's staring straight out to where uh, Malik's house is. Like they could okay. stare into each other's windows. Yeah. And so Mal picks up Kayla's Polaroid camera and he, well, he turns the light off first. And then he holds the camera up. 
and he snaps a picture. Okay. The flash goes off. Right. And it kind of, they see it. And so at that point, uh, Mal kind of like ducks behind a curtain, but we see the boy and Marshall notice the flash. And so they close the curtains and Mal is like freaking out. Did we just move into a cult small town? We may have. We may have. Ma- Malik is is not. Malik is is concerned. He's he's not feeling this. Colt Town, USA. Colt Town, USA. Population. This many people. Um, <laughs> I lost steam at the end there. Uh, they can't all be winners. So now we cut to the next day. Outside, old sad trash can man's house. There's an ambulance out front. Old sad trash can man. And he, there's a body being wheeled out on a stretcher. And Aaron, Malik is like standing there like as if he had been on his jog. And then Aaron comes up and is like, oh no. And Malik is like, turns to Aaron. He's like, I think I saw something over there. Tiffany walks up right then. So I'm like, Malik, you are about to communicate. Tiffany, get out of here. Tiffany. So Tiffany comes up with Marshall. And uh, they're just like, it's so tragic, isn't it? And Marshall kind of looks directly at Malik and is like, yeah, his grandson called a bunch of us over last night to say our final goodbyes. He hadn't been doing well for a while. Mm-hmm. And Tiffany is like so sad for his grandson. They were so close. Um, and then we kind of like the camera pans over and we see the grandson who was the one that was standing at the window. Okay. Um, and he's crying and mm. he looks over at Malik. So now we cut to Mal inside his house again, <sighs> looking out his window. And he's holding the paper in his hand, which he still can't read. Uh, Question number four. Where do you go and where does Malik go? So he is inside his house? He's inside. Is Mm -hmm. it? It's like later. Daytime. Mm -hmm. It's It's later in the day. Everyone is cleared out of the driveways and the streets and... All that kind of stuff. Aaron is at work. I think he goes to old sad trash can man's house and I do the same hand in hand. Gotta investigate what's going on over there. Double ding. Okay. So hand in hand, you guys are heading over to old sad trash can man's house. Yes. Cut to Malik going into old sad trash can man's house. And I wrote... Good thing no one locks their doors in the suburbs because he just walks right on in. He's looking around and he comes to a bookshelf and he sees a picture of old sad trash can man smiling with, uh, with three young girls, but like two, two women, two women. And then a, third person that I'm unclear who it is, but it's important to say that he's in the picture with these two women that we see. And this is a picture of him as an old trash can man or like, or a young him? Uh, 
like 10 years ago. Like he's so okay. old, but like not and you know, two like 10 years ago. Women. Mm-hmm. Who like it looks like a fatherly situation. Like it looks like okay. his daughters or okay. something like that. And so Malik picks it up and he's looking at it and we hear a sound of someone coming in the door. Malik drops the picture because he gets scared and it breaks all over the floor. We cut to the door and it's grandson walking in the door. And he sees the pick on the floor. No Malik. So Malik must have become invisible, scooted out something. Suspender disbelief. Wonderful superpower to have. 100. So much better than mine. So much better than mine. So I just swam away real fast. (laughs) In the air. (laughs) And Kim went, I think the grandson is about to come in the door. Yep, there he is. Time the sentence get, gets out of my mouth. He's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got the okay. jump on him. See? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's it for that scene is the grandson seeing the picture broken on the ground. So now we cut to Thirst Trap again. Uh, driving up alongside Kayla, who's walking to work, and he asks if she needs a lift. And she's like, what are you stalking me or something? And he's like, he's like, Colin's sick. And she like rolls her eyes. But then she does. Oh. And I'm like, bitch, isn't this like your first day? Like, you got to sh- <laughs> <laughs> like, show up to work. Um, She'll be fat. Yeah. So now we cut to them at the bridge that we saw from the beginning, like the bridge into town. And they're getting to know each other. And... She asks him if he ever thinks of leaving this place. And he's like, I mean, why would I? Like, all I have ever known is here. My family is here. My friends are here. Why? And he's like, how about you? And she's like, well, I have a boyfriend back home. Or at least I think I do. And he's just like, he kind of like walks away from the car a little bit and turns around to face her as opposed to them both sort of being next to each other on the hood of the car. Right. And he's like, you should probably figure that out. But like in his thirst trap. <laughs> okay. And I was like, hi. Auga. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so now he's like kind of turned around to face her. But then he looks And there's someone standing at the other end of the bridge. And it appears to be someone in slacks, a white button-up shirt, and black suspenders. And then a head, but, like, something covering his face. It's pretty far away, so, like, we can't really tell. But he's just standing in the center of the bridge, just staring at them on the other end. And Tyler is his name. Tyler is Thirst Trap's name. And he's like, do you see that? And he, like, looks really scared. So Kayla turns around, and she's like, we should get out of here. And as they start getting into their car, the figure just starts walking towards them super fast. (laughs) Okay. It was real scary. I wrote super scary shot. And uh, they get in their car and, like, drive drive away well great we did it goodbye yay yeah 
So now we cut to Mal and Aaron, and they're up in their room, and they're getting ready to go to, to Tiffany and Marshall's house. And Mal is being, like, a baby about it because he just, like, doesn't want to go because they creep him out. Sure. Yeah. And uh, Aaron is like, you're ridiculous. And Aaron is like, I just don't get, like, what your problem is with them. And Mal is like, what's the word for an Uncle Tom but for gay people? Like, kind of referring to Marshall. So Mm. he suspects that Mm. there's a closet situation happening. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So now we cut to them having a drink at Tiffany and Marshall's house uh, in their living room. And uh, Tiffany and Marshall are doing that thing. Bless their souls. Everybody should keep trying to learn and do better. But they definitely sound like privileged white people trying to sound woke. Like, mm-hmm. it, they're stepping into some things, but they're just kind of, like, overly sincere about it and sort of, like, they're, they're doing their best to sound woke, is is all I'll say. Right, right, right. Uh, and so, like, they're just saying, you know, Marshall is like, I just don't understand, you know, why people are so bigoted or whatever and Tiffany's like yeah don't they get that love is love is love and uh Mal is like yeah I just I I don't think most people think like you do so like kind of like I appreciate it but like I'm not overreacting most people don't feel the way that you guys claim to feel right yeah that makes sense and Marshall is like I just hate how false stereotypes can shape public opinion and I was like me too, Marshall. Mm. I also hate that. Mm. How false stereotypes can shape public opinion. Yeah. Mm. And then I was like, good thing since yeah. 1995, we've just like never experienced that <laughs> yeah. ever again. Like problem solved. Good thing. Did I tell you that? I finally, so everyone knows I love the library. Um Yeah. And so I ordered a bunch of audiobooks, but like they had like a holds for years on them um, in a good way. But I finally like got one. Um, so it's uh, stamped, which is like I didn't realize it was like a remix version of like that's what they call it of like stamped from the beginning. And I think it's like I remember actually hearing an interview with one of the writers on The Daily Show. And so I think like they made this version like kind of more specifically for younger people. Okay. Um, to kind of like I'm get the information. I'm not super familiar with Stamped. If you want to say, like, well, I'm only the- like a chapter or two in, but like that's one thing they talk about. Um, where they're like, I'm not gonna be able to say it the way that they say it so wonderfully, but um, basically saying that they they literally talk about the first racist. Like that's how far <gasps> back we go. Like, and they wow. like discuss, and it's like because it's someone who like put it down in a book pretty much they're like things were already happening but like basically they say that like policies are what start something and then because a rich person wants to keep doing what they're doing which is have slaves um and this is like in europe um but continued on and is what happened in america too where it's like the policies are created because people want to keep making money basically. And then 
they create a story as to why it's either a good thing or why those people need it, basically. Um, like yep. in America, it was like created that it was like, oh, like we're bringing um, people from Africa religion and things like that. So like we're, or we're saving them, them from their barbaric tribal yes. existences. Yeah. 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 Um, things like that. And so it, it starts with the policy, which then creates the story, which then the people underneath the people in charge start mm-hmm. to believe. And that builds the and then they that builds the hatred. Yep. Well, that's, I mean, that's also how, that's also how religion was created. Like the, the, I'll speak specifically for the Catholic church. That's how that was created. That a lot of like the Bible that we read is written by men and the men that were in power were the papacy or the clergy. And so they wrote the Bible to mirror what they needed people with the rules right, that they, that that they, they needed wanted. people to be yeah, following. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's all it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. And it would be really interesting for people with very strong beliefs in those directions to, to understand how things started and then maybe reevaluate some thoughts and feelings on things. Yeah. I, uh, we joked about this, but like, I think about it every day. Uh, we have a, a, Kim and I have a friend, I, I won't say her name, whose father struggles with, uh, being a dick and, uh, he's racist and a Trump supporter and sucks. And she thought, what if I just sent him the book white fragility uh. or, or how to not be racist or one of those books like anonymously and it just showed up like would he read it right and like the consensus was like no he probably wouldn't read it yeah because just like we talked about in the beginning uh our brains are built to survive not to be happy and one of the things we think we need to like it's hard to change your opinion it's uncomfortable to change your opinion yeah so it's a lot easier to just find things that reiterate your opinion opinion because then you feel safe staying where you are like your body feels safe like your lizard exactly like nope we just need to keep going down this path because that's the best way because this is safety yeah that's why like when you start doing the work it's like fucking hard you fucking it sucks <laughs> it fucking sucks because your body it is blows. fighting you the entire time your body's yes. like alert alert not safe yeah. not safe and you're like yeah body, we got this so i we guess what i'm saying are empowered and we're setting some fucking boundaries and we're ma- changing our beliefs yeah so uh what's our podcast what am i talking about what is happening um because Marshall said the the thingy ah, thing. Yes. Okay. So, so I I want to be clear. What we're getting from Tiffany and Marshall, it feels like a genuine desire to connect. Right. Okay. I get why Malik is uncomfortable, and there is a tension, but there's not anything overtly aggressive or passive aggressive about what Tiffany and Marshall are saying okay. right now. Like it feels genuine. Yes. Okay. It feels naive. It feels privileged, but right. genuine. Right. Yeah. So 
talking on the couch. Then someone comes in the door. It's Thirst Trap. <gasps> oh. Thirst Trap uh, is, is their, their son. son? <gasps> yeah. oh, oh, okay. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. Yeah. It's getting juicy. So they're like, oh, hi, Tyler. And Tiffany is like, there's dinner in the fridge for you or whatever. And Marshall's like, did you have fun hanging out with your new friend? And Tyler is like, I did. But like doesn't say who it is and just goes upstairs. Do, do, do any of the parents know that the who's It doesn't who's appear that is? way. Okay. It doesn't appear that way. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, if anyone does know, they're not showing it. Okay. So. Interesting. Yeah. So now we cut to Mal and he's like in a hallway of the house and he sort of says over his shoulder, did you say the second door or the third door on the left? But then like he doesn't get an answer. So he goes into these two French doors that like are glass panes. So it's like, you can see it's not a bathroom in there clearly but he goes in and I was like you knew that wasn't the bathroom you knew it was probably the third door on the left not the second but okay sure so he walks in and he's looking around and it looks like a study you know it's got um a wall-to-wall bookshelf and he walks over to the bookshelf and it's all these beautiful leather-bound books and then he kind of zeroes in on one book that doesn't have a title it just has a spiral on the spine that's it (sighs) that's the title of this movie it is and then he looks over and he sees this old portrait and it almost looks like it's sitting on an altar okay and it looks like a portrait from like the 1700s okay okay and Malika's looking at it. Of a man? Of a man. Okay. Malika's looking at it. And then we hear, I see you found Richard. Malika's like, oh. And it's Marshall. And he's like, it was the third door on the left. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. And he's like, it's okay. It's like, that's uh, my great, 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 great something or other. And Malika's is like, I can see the family resemblance. He looks <laughs> like you. And he's like, I have a very strong bloodline. And he said that's from 1792. He fought for the Bluecoats, um, which is Civil War. So Bluecoats were the North. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, or it's 1792, or it's the Revolutionary War, and it was not the Redcoats. It was America, the American Revolution. I'm not sure. Well, Regardless. Yeah, because 1776 and we didn't when we signed the Declaration the, of Independence. Yeah. And we didn't have the Civil War until fucking 18 yeah. million years later. So, so basically, yeah. Like it the... was, yeah, it was the American Revolution. So he's like, yeah, I, I got into, you know, tracing my lineage and was able, I got, you know, got super into it. And this is my great, great something or other Richard. And uh, Marshall is like, let me walk you out. Let me show where the bathroom is. And... Malik is like, I got it. And so like Malik walks out and we just kind of see like Marshall kind of scan the room. Okay. And it kind of pans back to the portrait and it definitely looks like Marshall's like brother. Like it, like the bloodline is strong with this kind of thing. 
So now we cut to the clock saying 1.10 a.m. And Mal is up typing and uh, listening to Old Bigot Man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Talking about how gay people are suffering inside. Oh, fuck, man. That's really hard. And as he's listening, Malik feels headlights shining through his window. Mm-hmm. And so he turns and he like can't see. They're so bright. Mm-hmm. And so he has a flashback to the mm-hmm. car scene again. And this time we kind of see a little bit further into the flashback and we see a bunch of dudes get out of their car and they start bashing in the windows of mm-hmm. Malik's car. Yeah. And then we flash back to present time and Malik is just like, <gasps> and like sobbing. So next day we cut to Kayla in the living room and she's doing a straight up aerobics video, like neon spandex aerobics video leg warmers all that kind of shit fucking and uh i'm here for it and <laughs> i was gonna say fucking jane austen right no, jane, was, yeah jane austen <laughs> yep jane she austen's aerobic in the aerobics video world huge hi this is jane austen <laughs> with my aerobicize video i don't know if that's what jane austen sounds like but my head it does that's amazing i'll I'll think there's there's someone with one of those names fonda jane fonda Fonda. and i think someone austin maybe not jane fonda though we'll go there okay jane fonda so no i I really like jane austen's (laughs) aerobicized tape i'm gonna see if i can find it on ebay i bet it's good (laughs) uh okay and so Malik walks in and he's like, I thought your ass got a job. And she's like, it's part time. And at this point, she kind of like turns or turn Malik leaves and she turns around and she's looking out the window and like the back of her house just opens. Her backyard is just like acres and acres and acres of nothing, mm-hmm. basically. And she turns around and she sees thirst trap outside with another girl. <gasps> There's trap. Uh-huh. And he like gives her his jacket and the girl kisses him. <gasps> and Thirst Trap looks up at the window and sees Kayla in there and Kayla just like closes the curtains. Oh. So now we cut to the grandson at Malik's door. Okay. Malik answers it and the grandson has clearly been sobbing. And he says, I need to talk to you about my grandpa. Okay. So now we cut to them both sitting on the couch. And the grandson, like, apologizes for his grandfather's mind, basically. Mm. And then the grandson says, did he say anything to you or give you anything that night? (sighs) Question five. (laughs) What does Malik do and what do you do? Oh, Malik. Uh, Who do I trust? Who do I trust? Can I trust anyone? But I need to know. I haven't found out anything on my own. I've tried really hard. So I Mm -hmm. think I'm going to say, yeah, he gave me this piece of paper. Do you know what it means? And he said whatever the fuck he said. Um, God damn it. 
What do you do? Malik. Not often a sharer of information. No. But you've been trying real hard to figure this out. Yeah. Okay. I think he does the same hand in hand. Tell him. Ah, he doesn't. God damn, Malik. Malik says, nope. And at this point, the camera is just on Mal's face. Okay. So if you can picture, my head is kind of turned to the side for people that aren't on our Patreon and seeing this. Kind of turned to the side facing the grandson who I'm talking to. Yes. The camera stays on me as I sort of turn my head to face forward and say no. And then grandson is right here. Oh. On the other side of me. What? Malik says the same thing. And he's like, what the fuck? As if time jumped for him. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, the grandson is crying full-blown crying now and he's like can you believe they called it suicide saying he took all of his meds at once and the grandson then sort of like hugs Malik and is just like sobbing in his shoulder and Malik is hugging him back and then we sort of see that the grandson's hands start to get very sexual rather than I need comfort and Malik is just kind of like, like it's happening. And Malik is like, what the fuck? Hi, guys. Aaron walks in. Oh, no. And Aaron's like. <laughs> what was that? Did you just. What did, I didn't even know you had anything in your hand that just dropped. <laughs> what was it? A crystal. A crystal. Kim dropped. Kim dropped a crystal into the microphone. So if you heard a thump in your headphones, it's Kim's crystal. <laughs> I've been holding it the whole time. I just I like it. Oh, I got it in Ojai. Yeah. Oh, which I told on our last episode, but not this yeah. episode. So I went yeah. to Ojai and I got crystals. Yeah. That, um, long story short. She got some crystals to drop into the microphone. (laughs) It actually fell fell into the screen and then like laid there like against the edge. That's why I was like. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That's great. Anyway, Um, continue. Excuse, pardon me. Don't mind me. Pardon me. So it's super awkward. And Aaron is like, do you want to introduce me to your friend? And, um, I think the grandson says his name. It's inconsequential, but he's just like, you're Aaron, right? And he's like, yeah. And it's just like super awkward. And he's like, well, I'm going to go. Is the grandson like a, how like a, an adult age? Like how old is he? I would say he's of age. Why don't we say that? Okay. He's a young man, but I don't think it would be illegal for like him and to fuck. Correct. Okay. Yeah. They could legally fuck each other, but it might be still a little weird. Because also, I'm not entirely clear exactly how old Malik is either. I'm going to say Malik is in his 30s. Okay. Uh, And then maybe Aaron is maybe early 50s. 
maybe. Okay. I think that might be what we're dealing with. Okay. So super awkward. Grandson walks past Aaron. Aaron kind of like follows him out with his head and then just kind of turns back to Malik like, hmm. Kind of gives him a smirk. <laughs> so now we cut to Malik in the bathroom of the mas- the master bathroom because we hear Aaron talking to him from the bed. And Malik is in the mirror and he's like looking at a bruise on his chest. But I don't know where that came from. Mm-hmm. And Malik doesn't appear to know where it came from. Interesting. I mean, happens to me all the time, to be honest, but sure. Correct. It's weird. But yeah, do you, this was definitely in a weird spot. Right. Um, and so Aaron is in bed and he's like, I mean, you obviously like him. And he's like, we haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> and he's like, you know, we could invite him. And Malik just kind of crawls into bed and he's like, I only want you. Hmm. And they kiss, and then we hear a blood-curdling scream. Oh, no. They get up, run to Kayla's room. She is laying in bed, screaming, covered in blood. What? And I'm talking Carrie at the prom, covered in blood. Okay. And they're just like, what the fuck? And Kayla clearly woke up covered in blood. So Kayla's like, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> like she's totally confused. And like Aaron goes over and is like trying to like see if she's hurt, hurt somewhere. Yeah. Where is and the she's blood just coming like, from? Yeah. And she's just like screaming. And Malik is uh, just standing in the doorway. And then he looks up. There is a red circle on the ceiling as if something is leaking through the ceiling. Oh no. Yeah. So we cut to Malik going up into the attic and it's the scary kind of attic, not a rich person's attic. Like where it's like, you got to climb up the ladder and then it's basically like the rafters up there. Yeah. Sorry. Did you drop your (laughs) crystal again? (laughs) I guess I'll put it down. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I it's just Kim, you know what? Good. Honestly, better than your drinks. Dropping your <laughs> drinks all over the place. That's so I'll true. take it. Crystal drops over drink drops is I, what I'll say. I would put it in my sports bra, but I, it doesn't go in my. It doesn't. If there's no space in my bikini for it, it'll fall right oh. through. So I'm so sorry. I always have space in my bra because it's certainly not being taken up by boobs. So I don't know. <laughs> What you're talking about. I mean, about. there's like no material. Right. To... Bloop. I to guess bloop. I'll put it there. Yeah. I'll just put it in my boob. So. So we cut to Malik crawling up into the attic. And as soon as he opens the hatch, you can tell he smells something horrible. So he shines his flashlight around and. Luckily, it was, like, dark, so, like, we only got the suggestion of what it was, but it looked like several mutilated raccoons. Oh, gosh. Directly above Kayla's room. Oh, gosh. So, we cut to Mal throwing. Yeah. So, we cut to Mal throwing them away in the trash, and then we cut to the same night, Malik talking to Aaron in the hallway And Malik is finally like, someone did that. 
And Aaron is like, why would you, why would anyone do that? And he's like, they were probably living up there, ate some poison and died. And I'm like, motherfucker, you eat poison. You don't you lose your skin. out. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not, I mean, I guess what he said, like the decomp of it. But I'm like, no, these were like, they look freshly killed and they looked mutilated. They didn't look decomped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was my professional coroner, uh, animal coroner, of course, decision. Roadkill scientist. Right, roadkill scientist or attic kill scientist. So now we cut to K- poor Kayla in the shower washing uh, all the blood off. Can you imagine? No. And it's like in her mouth. <laughs> I yeah. Oh, how do you not just like? I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, just and just end it all. Just swan dive off the roof. I don't know what to tell you. Like that's just appalling. Here's what's bananas for those of you who have never been covered in either real blood or fake blood. There is, if you know how to make fake blood, it is a very similar consistency to actual blood. And it is very, very, very fucking sticky. And I can tell you that both times I've been covered in both substances, it doesn't just rinse off in the shower. You have to rub Ugh. it off. I just, I can't. Yeah. And imagine it, 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 it feels, it's giving me the same feelings of my, my um, aunt cult that lived in my shower. Like I couldn't, yes, I aunt- couldn't shower mm-hmm. because I was like, my, yep. my shower feels like ants are pouring on me. Yeah. It feels like Coach- the Coachella of ants. The Coachella of yeah. ants. Excuse me. Yes, I yeah. This was the Coachella of blood. Oh gross. my God. Just yeah. like, how do you not just like bleach your skin? Like, yeah. do you, re- do you remember when our friend Peter got, into a bar fight and we were all like covered in blood when we were in the hospital he was saving me from some dickheads because i decided to race people in irish car bombs like yeah that was a different asshole (laughs) cut to me taking my own shirt off to staunch the blood and showing up at the hospital topless oh i don't i didn't remember that part we each have our own our own situation that happened that night yeah yeah but what i do remember is there was so much blood that it smelled like iron yeah and it's very difficult to get off your body i do remember people looking at us even at the hospital like (laughs) nurses being like like uh, with shock face scared shock face like a like and like concern and i did never understood why until we got home and we were like oh this is what we look like we are yep covered in blood Covered in blood. And also what I'm realizing is like we were visibly intoxicated. Oh, I was, I mean, I was racing Irish car bombs multiple yes. with a bunch so of fucking douchebags who then tried, to, who then broke, tried to break our a, friend's nose. A glass over his head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a weird night. Uh, maybe I'll tell. I think uh, that was my birthday. <laughs> was your birthday. And also the thing that fucking blows my fucking mind yeah. is however many years that was before I met Eric, Eric was there that night. Yeah. It's so weird. So fucking weird. Cause he worked. It was at the Viper room. Yeah. Yeah. So Kayla's washing the blood off of herself in the shower. And then we cut to the grandson standing outside the house, staring into the window again. 
cut to kind of like what old sad trash can man was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's a very um, mo- modern house. So a lot. So it's very angular, squarish, and a lot of uh, walls made of windows. Mm-hmm. So like looking into their house is easy to do. Okay. Um, so grandson staring into the house. Cut to Malik listening to old bigot shit. And uh, the old bigot says, talking about how gay people are all suffering and says, and that's why I founded the Ernie Darrelson Clinic. Based on what we said about uh, old, dumb, bigot white man, what do you think the Ernie Darrelson Clinic is? Oh, it's to like pray the gay away sort of thing. Yep. Gay conversion therapy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, So Malik Googles it and sees that that's what it is. So he's like, okay, this is officially, this is officially the biography, the uh, biography that I'm writing officially. Yeah. That's horrendous. That's, yeah. Oof. Yeah. So uh, then we cut to a scene of uh, all of them sitting at the dinner table. Malik just looks really distracted and like, me- like mentally unwell, mm-hmm. underslept, distracted. Yeah. And uh, we hear Kayla ask at one point, uh, have you guys seen my Polaroid blanks? Like, I know I had more. And they're both like, no. And we move on. Oh, someone's secretly taking pictures of their house. Oh, God. Yeah. So now we cut to Malik in bed. And he's like having dreams about uh, old said trash can man and grandson and him giving him the paper and him staring at him through the fire. Just kind of like those thought, those racing thoughts yeah. before you fall asleep kind of thing. Yeah. And then we cut to their living room and we see that there are several hooded people standing in their living room looking up to the second floor balcony where their bedrooms are. What? When, when are we? Where we, it's night. We are, it is nighttime. Malik is tossing and turning in bed. Aaron is fast asleep. So just the middle of the night. Just the middle of the night. But only and only we see that. No one no one else is. Only we up see with. that. Only we see that. They're just standing in their living room, perfectly still. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. What yeah. the fuck? Colt Town USA is this. Yeah. Colt Town USA. Uh so yeah, we're the only ones who see that. So now, next morning, we cut to Malik and Aaron in the shower. <sighs> And they're in the shower together, and Malik is like, I think I lost my book. And he's like, my hard drive, it just started smoking. What? And Aaron is like, did you back it up? And Malik is like, no, the book is gone. Cut to, jump cut, Malik still in the shower. No Aaron. And he's facing the opposite direction and is like, what the fuck? As if he thinks he was just having a conversation yeah. with like, Aaron. Lost time. Lost Fuck. time again. And he's snapped out of it because uh, Kayla is knocking on the door being like, Malik, what the fuck? You've been in there for an hour. And Malik is like, sorry. sorry. And he gets out. And he's just kind of like staring at himself in the mirror. And the mirror is all steamed up. 
but there's like uh not a creepy handprint but just like you can make marks in the steam yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. it just looks like that and we see that malik has an idea so we cut to him running downstairs and he picks up the piece of paper that the old man gave him mm-hmm. and he gets it a little bit wet and a bunch of numbers are revealed wow invisible ink yeah and so we cut to malik at the library and we realize that there are no slashes or dashes to tell us but we realize that they're all dates it's a series of dates and the last two numbers of every series of numbers is ends in a five and is 10 years apart so it's like 75, 85, 95. Uh-huh. Okay. And he's researching them and he's going through newspaper microfiche, which I remember doing. Uh, and he's going through articles that correspond to some of the dates. And he sees that exactly 10 years ago, there was a murder suicide of a lesbian couple that had moved into town with a daughter. Oh, wow. Okay. And he sees the picture of the two women, uh, like in the newspaper, and he recognizes them hmm. as the two women in Old Sad Trash Can Man's photo, photo. in his house. <gasps> Old Sad Trash Can Man. He's yeah. friends with them. Mm-hmm. So we cut to Malik and Aaron in the bedroom. Malik is staring out the window and Malik is staring out the window and Malik turns to Aaron and says, we have to move. And Aaron is super annoyed because Aaron still doesn't fucking know half of what (laughs) happened because you won't fucking tell him Malik. You gotta communicate. God. Uh, So Malik finally tells Aaron about the paper that old sad trash can man gave him the murder suicide and about Marshall being in his house the night before he died, being in old sad trash can man's house the night before he died. And, uh, he's like this gay couple. It was a murder fucking suicide 10 years ago. Like why would Marshall and Tiffany not tell us about this? And Aaron is like, stop. If you spent any time with them, you would know. They did tell me. They told me all of this. They were very close to them. And they it was a really tragic thing that happened for the entire town. Like, it was awful. They were really close. And Malik is what? just like, what the fuck? And he just walks back to the window. And Aaron is like, people are not out to get you Malik and he's like what happened to you was so tragic but that isn't what this is and he's like I like this town and he's like I thought we were past this and Malik starts crying and Aaron is like it's never going to happen again Hmm. close up on the Polaroid camera Cut to Malik on the phone again in the garage with Liam. He's telling Liam 
everything. Everything I have told you, he is telling Liam right now. And Liam is like, uh, he's like, I know why you're calling me. And Malik is like, yeah, to like help me. Like, what do I do? And Liam is like, you're calling me for permission. You're calling me for permission to move on. Mm -hmm. And Malik is like, no, I need your help. And Liam hangs up. And Malik like looks up from the phone after he's hung up and the garage door is open. So it's like along the ceiling and he looks up and he sees something on the ceiling, but it's blocked by the garage door. Uh So he puts the garage door down and he sees a giant black spiral painted on the ceiling of his garage. Question number six, what do you do? And what does he do? Um, I think that, okay, A, I'm going to tell Aaron everything. And B, I think him and I both are going to somehow get that spiral book from Marshall's house. That's one and a half points. I can't tell you why Malik got a half point yet. Okay. But yes, communicate, communicate, communicate. I almost feel like the questions that are like, what would you do? It's like, communicate. The answer is communicate. (laughs) (laughs) So from what we see in that exact moment, he does nothing. We just see him go for a run the next day. Uh, Neighbors are staring at him. And then he runs by an old, dilapidated, abandoned house in the town. And he recognizes it from the paper, from the articles about the lesbian murder-suicide as the house where they lived. Okay. Runs past it. Cut to 1.10 a.m. again. Remind me, 1.10 a.m. comes up twice, and I want to post-mortem if the filmmakers have any significance for 1.10 a.m. Because twice we've seen a clock, both times it said 1.10 a.m. Interesting. Yeah. Ma- Malik is at his computer again. And he, we see chapter two written, but then just a blinking cursor, cursor and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Instead of writing chapter two, we see that he's reading more articles about the lesbian couple. Mm -hmm. Question seven. Now, where do you go and where does Malik go? Like right now at 1 10 Mm -hmm. a.m. I guess. It doesn't seem like the best time, but I guess he goes to the house, the, the house that was theirs can I just I'm gonna tell Aaron everything Mm -hmm. and move away (laughs) be like here's why we need to move please let's do it double ding just leave (laughs) get out I don't feel good about it Don't fucking Scooby-Doo this mystery. Just leave. (laughs) Don't don't feel good about this Scooby-Doo situation. Yeah. 
just just get out. So he goes to the fucking house and totally abandoned. Clearly, it's one of those things where like a realtor has this one on their list and they're like, so real quick, there may have been a teeny tiny murder suicide. <laughs> yeah. Which is why the price is so low and it's a steal. <laughs> a little uh, bit of no a fixer upper. Yeah. So uh, no one's lived in it except for the ghosts, obviously. Um, so he's he goes in and he's flashlighting around and he is looking around the house and he goes upstairs and he sees he sees a hole in the ceiling and he kind of like shines his light up there and it looks like sort of tucked into the wallish part where the hole is it appears to be a cassette tape like a handmade cassette tape that is hand labeled with something but we can't really see then he hears something downstairs. So he's like, hello? And he goes downstairs. Who's there? And he's standing in the living room. And he's turning around with his flashlight. Ghost in the corner! <laughs> and she's like, like, open mouth, dead eye face, like with the like, <laughs> sound, holding a stack of cassette tapes. Oh. And then all of a sudden, time jumps. The girl is, the ghost is gone, and he's holding the tapes. Okay. Tapes in his hands. Okay. All right. Oof. And he's like, what the fuck? Cut to him at home. And he walks in the door, and it appears to be like very early morning now. And he walks in, and his computer, so it's those like big rectangular computers, like before we all had laptops. And it's like just this what a big rectangular computer. Well, it's not the monitor; it's the computer part. the The computer part, the part that makes it be a computer. That part, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's just the skeleton of it. Oh, it's been dismantled. Okay. And so Malik is like, Aaron, why is my hard drive removed, Aaron? And he looks out the window. Aaron is just standing outside, facing away from the house, looking out into the distance. What the fuck is happening? So Malik walks out, and Aaron just hands him a bunch of Polaroids. And Malik looks at them and is like, this isn't me. I mean, it is me, but this didn't happen. This never (sighs) happened. And Aaron says, why didn't you tell me? I would have let you. And Aaron is like, I don't want to see you here when I get back. (sighs) And Malik is sobbing. And he's like, this didn't happen. And he's like, where am I supposed to go? And Aaron just like throws the Polaroids at him and is like, figure it out. And that's when Malik picks up the Polaroids himself. And we see it's pics of him fucking the grandson. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Malik is just like, I, I don't know what's happening. Oh my God. That's fucking terrifying. So Aaron has left. Cause he's like, I don't want to see you here when I get back. Yeah. So Malik is now back in his computer room and he's losing it. Mm-hmm. Just like, fuck, like just freaking out. 
and the phone is ringing and he's ignoring it. Um, and it keeps ringing, but he looks at the computer and he notices, uh, that the, there's still a CD in the CD drive. So he kind of pries it open and he puts the blank CD that was in the computer into the eighties rainbow hit CD case. Okay. okay. Yep. 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 And then the phone is still ringing. So he picks it up and he's like, Aaron. And we just hear, she did what? Cut to him at Kayla's work and the cops are there. Kayla's in Malik's car. Malik is talking to the cops. Malik comes back around and he's like, what the fuck? And Kayla's like, she's a bitch. She deserved it. She told Tyler that I was going to give her eight, that I was going to give him AIDS. Oh, fuck. She did deserve it. Fuck that bitch. Yeah. And she's like, I get it. I get it. Different scares people. And Malik is like freaking out. He's like, what I said about living loud and proud, forget it. Don't draw attention to yourself. Don't talk about it. It's not safe. Do not draw attention to yourself. Do not live loud. Do not speak up. It's not safe. And she, and he's like, and uh, Tyler only wants one thing from you. I don't want you hanging around him anymore. Promise me. And he's like, promise me. And Kayla's like, I promise. Cut to. <laughs> Cut to. Uh, Kayla in a room making out with their strap. Immediately. <laughs> oh, classic 16 year old. Yeah. And they're like ripping off their clothes. And he's like, it's over with Jessica. So it appears Jessica was the girl that was outside the. Right. Yeah. It was Jessica. And they're like about to do it. And she's like, wait, wait, wait. And she's like, it's my first time. And he goes, oh, that's okay. And he's like, let's wait then. And she kind of starts buttoning back up her shirt. And she's like, do you not want me? And he's like, no, I do. I just, I want it to be special. So that's all we see. So <laughs> Kayla's never done it before. Cut to Malik in the car, outside the house, listening to the radio. And it's actual news of a Bill Clinton, whoever ran against Bill Clinton debate, just talking about Clinton wants to steal this election and radicalize feminism and take away your family unit and all this stuff. And I was just like, it's all the same. It's all the same propaganda. It never changes. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Aaron looks out the window and sees Malik in the car. And Malik kind of looks up, hoping that Aaron will be like, come in. But he just closes the window and Malik cries. Flashback to that night. Mm -hmm. And we see that one of the dudes who gets out of the car looks like Marshall in Malik's head. Yeah. Cut. Uh, question eight. Uh, where do you go? And fuck. where does Malik go? Fuck. 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 Do I fucking know? <laughs> I. Uh, I think that he goes to old sad man Trashkin's house to try to talk to the grandson to maybe okay. figure out the fox happening. Or wait, okay, wait, what just happened before this? He's, he was kicked out. No, he's in his car. He's in his car. 
and he's having a Aaron flashback. Just, yeah, he was having a flashback, yeah, in, while in the car. But the thing that happened in real time was that Aaron closed the curtains and was like, be somewhere else. Right. Okay, yeah, I'll stick with that uh, grandson situation. Um <sighs> Oh, it's tough. I already left Cold Town, USA. I'm not here anymore. Yep. Nope. <laughs> you got on the train out of Cold Town, USA, but that track is a circle. Oh, no. <laughs> or a spiral. <laughs> yeah. Because now this gets into the whole, I could leave, but that would be devastating to leave by myself. Exactly the fuck am I gonna do I guess I guess I'll do the same hand in hand because I gotta figure out what the fuck's going like what happened oh sorry I didn't need to pick up the bell because you got zero points uh thanks bitch yeah sorry he 100% shocking, zero points yeah 100% zero points he does a shocking fucking thing uh he goes to Marshall's house oh man I was gonna guess that but I couldn't figure out why I mean, I was shocked. I was like, what? So that's why I was asking he, about when the flashback happened. Cause I was like, oh, is it because he just saw Marshall on his flashback that he goes to Marshall's house? Yeah. So he goes to Marshall's house and Marshall is like, Malik, like he's super nice. And he's like, I could use a drink. Um, so they're having a drink inside and Marshall is like, so it isn't true. And Malik, and he's like, no judgment. And Malik is like, it's not true. I don't think because he keeps having those time jumps. Yeah. And so he's like, I've just been really foggy lately. And uh, Marshall starts talking about the hard drive. And it seems that Aaron brought the hard drive over to Marshall prior to finding the Polaroids to be like, Malik told me that his hard drive fried. I'm hoping you can get the information from his book off of it because he, uh, Marshall works in tech, which we learned at the barbecue, whatever. Okay. So like, he yeah. was like, you know, um, and Marsha was like, but I mean, there was nothing on it. Like there's nothing. And he's like, I mean, except for the folder. And Malik is like, what folder? The folder? And he's, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, you know, the folder. I, and he's I like, don't I the folder don't know the folder Malik also does not know the folder and um so he's like talking to uh Marshall and they're kind of like walking and then all of a sudden time jump Marshall is in a different room but still talking like through the conversation yeah and so Marshall is like I would consider getting help and he's like I'll come by later to install your hard drive but like there it is on the bookshelf so Malik walks over to pick up the hard drive and he's looking at the spiral book again. Marshall is right there behind him. And he's just like, it's an exciting time. So much change. But so many things stay the same, you know? And Malik is like, I gotta go. Bonus question. What did Malik take? The spiral book. The spiral book. Spiral book. Me too bonus point so yeah he took the spiral notebook uh he gets to a hotel so he checked into a hotel and he goes in and immediately closes the blinds 
and pulls out the book. Uh, then we see him in the bathroom and the light is flickering in the bathroom and he takes some his pills because like he too is flickering. If you can imagine like mental flickering, that's clearly what mm-hmm. Malik is experiencing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he takes the pills and he's still like in that sort of crazed migraine state, if you will. And then we see that he takes a gun out of his ditty bag. And what? <laughs> this is a weird statement. He takes a gun out of his ditty bag. His ditty bag. I only know what that is because you've said it before. I've never heard that in my entire life before you. Well, what would you call it? Like, what is it? Like, like your that that you put your toiletries in when my you're toilet travel bag. That's my so bag long. of toiletries. Oh my god, that's so my bag well, of toiletries. I, I would just say toiletries is what I would say. Like, my toiletries. My ditty like it's, bag. It's the same amount of syllables. <laughs> anyway has anyone ever heard the word ditty bag for that bag i'm just interested i mean that's what we called it mom it's called a ditty bag right okay i could see like your mom just like making that up and calling it we all call it a ditty bag we all call it that your family calls it that that's what i'm saying okay i will get to the bottom of this i will postmortem ditty bags (laughs) (laughs) anyway he takes a gun out of it (laughs) while he's in the bathroom having a very traumatic experience kim (laughs) (laughs) had to get to the bottom of that yeah and he puts bullets into the gun okay okay then he goes to the phone and dials and it's the operator that's like from the 90s where it's like uh the number you dialed cannot be reached or whatever Uh the fuck And his head is like still ringing and he looks down at the gun and doesn't know why he's holding it. Ah! Then he sees a silhouette outside of his blinds and it looks like a straight up Baphomet horned goat monster. And we just hear outside the window. And so oh God. Malik is like freaking out and he raises the gun and cocks it, blinks. The monster is gone. It was a silhouette of a woman who dropped her keys. And she's like, I just dropped my keys. I think we're the next room. He turns away and starts crying. And he's like, what the fuck is happening? He opens his eyes, looks at the bathroom. Girl in the bathroom. She runs toward him and disappears. Ah. So now we cut to him. is still in the hotel motel room watching the videos that the ghost gave him. Talking on the phone to Liam. And in the video, we just see a montage. So I'm going to describe kind of a quick going montage of, of what Malik is seeing in the book, what he's saying to Liam, and what we're seeing on the videotapes. Okay? Okay. So we see videotape, dyke scrawled across the house, woman who lived in the house, one of the Sorry, lesbian couples. Sorry, can you rewind couple. again? What's, where does the videotape come from? He's watching it in the motel room. Oh, the ghost girl, remember he found it in the abandoned house and she like handed him a bunch of videotapes in the abandoned house? Oh, I thought they were cassette tapes. 
I probably said cassette tapes. They're videotapes. It's next to the billboard. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. They're videotapes. Okay. So what so, are the three things we're cutting between? Malik sitting in the room reading through the spiral book. Right. Things that he's saying to Liam on the phone. Okay. Uh, and what we're watching from the videotapes. Video okay. Okay. Continue. Thank you. So we see uh, a house with dyke scrawled across the wall. And one of the lesbian couple saying, well, at least they told us how they really felt. And we get the sense that like the couple is literally documenting like by video, everything that's happening to them. Wow. So then we cut to them opening presents and old sad trash man, uh, trash can man turns around and is smiling. It's clearly their dad, uh, one of their dads and then the girlfriend or wife. Um, and then we flash to, a circle dance, like what we saw through the window. And it's also being filmed through the window. Then we cut to a blonde woman maniacally laughing in like a big creepy way. Then we cut to Malik telling Liam all about it. And he's like, they documented everything that happened to them every 10 years. Liam is like, every 10 years, what? And he's like, we've been chosen. It's a ritual. Liam is like, you're losing it, dude. And Malik is also reading through the book. And it says... There is nothing that can stop it. And he turns a page and it's a picture of the flower that Tiffany gave him. And it says the unbloomed period, the final days prior to the sacrifice of the chosen ones. Then the video shows people in cloaks outside the home standing there. Then we see a drawing of the flower that Tiffany brought. Then we see a monster in the book, a drawing of the monster that looks like the Baphomet monster silhouette that was outside. Then we get horrible, horrible headache. He gets up, runs to the bathroom, and kind of like fumbles to get his pills out and drops them. Mm -hmm. So he goes to pick them up and then stops. And he's looking at the pill. He's like, no, 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 no. And he goes to his ditty bag and pulls out a refill of his pills. And he looks at them together. They're different. <gasps> oh, no. So he picks up the phone that Liam had been on, and he's like, they switched my meds. It's just the operator's voice again. Now the video shows the daughter of the lesbian couple, about 16 years old, playing a recorder, and she's playing the Saints Go Marching In uh, as a... Uh, like on her recorder, just like being cute. Malik realizes something. Question nine, what do you do and what does Malik do at this point? Uh, <laughs> I guess I have to realize what he realized to, to know what to do. Um, it's a similar family unit. I mean, I've, I've, I've put that together on my own. I was aware of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I see why they're similar. Mm -hmm. I am going to... Okay. So the murder-suicide <laughs> was just the uh, moms. And daughter. All three are dead. Mm -hmm. Okay, well that doesn't. That's okay. That's, that ruins my idea. Uh, <laughs> okay, then um, I guess he and I were, are both gonna go 
talk to Kayla. Because <laughs> I have no idea. There's a lot of information that just got thrown at me. I know. That's oh. one and a half. Oh, my. Go communicate. Go communicate. Half point, because he does have a realization about Kayla. Uh, but you'll see why it's just a half point. Because mm -hmm. you said, go talk to Kayla. Cut to him driving as fast as he can back to the house. Headlights are behind him. He looks intoxicated, like shouldn't be driving. Mm -hmm. um, and he's barely able to stay alert. And he just like kind of screams in frustration. He pulls up to the house and he's like screaming for Kayla and Aaron. And he runs in and there's a party inside. And we see a woman laughing, a blonde woman with a big maniacal laugh. And then Tiffany turns to Malik and says, oh my God, I'm so glad you made it. And she's like, this is such a special night. And Aaron is like, where have you been? And he's like, you kicked me out. And he's like, that was a week ago. Kim, what do you do? And what does Malik do? I haven't gone for a week. What's happening? I am going to pull Aaron aside. He's the only one I can trust. And I'm going to tell him everything that's happening. Um, I've got the two different pills. I'm going to show him things. I'm going to show I'm going to. I've got receipts. Here yeah. Here they are. Show me them receipts. Yeah. Um, with just our family unit only. Um, and he is, God damn it, Malik. 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 What are you going to do, Malik? I think that Malik is losing a little bit. I think he, he comes out with everything, but like in the middle of this party, like kind of in a, like a little bit of a crazed, crazed, crazed way. Yeah. One point. But also, the answer is communicate. Why the fuck are you having a party then with the neighborhood when I've been gone for missing for a week? Excuse me. So, I think Malik is also curious. And then he remembers it's somebody's birthday. Kayla's or Aaron's, I can't really tell because Tiffany is carrying a birthday cake out into the living room. Still weird. And Malik is like, looking crazed and then Marshall turns to him and is like hey buddy where have you been Malik holds up his gun and shoots Marshall oh shit right through the fucking heart oh shit everything turns to slow-mo Tiffany carrying the birthday cake drops it Aaron is like what the fuck Tyler comes out from Kayla's room upstairs and runs down and rushes to his dad, who's dead on the ground. And Malik is just standing there, like, looking super confused. Cut to Malik being walked into a jail cell. And he's just sitting there. Aaron comes in. And he's like, I'm selling the house. Kayla and I are leaving. We're going back to Chicago. 
And Malik was like, oh my God, thank God. Thank God, please get as far away from this town as you can. And Aaron says, it's not the town I'm running from, Malik. Malik is like, I know you don't get what I had to do, but I did what I had to do. Liam, Liam knows everything. And Aaron goes, Liam, oh, who is Liam? No, I know Liam is fuck. And Malik goes, my ex-boyfriend, just go talk to him. He knows everything. And Aaron just looks at him and says, I can't talk to Liam, Malik. And he's like, why? Why can't you? And Aaron just goes, I have to go. Oh, no. Fuck. Malik cries and begs him sobbing as he leaves to go talk to Liam. And he's like, I was just protecting her. It's Kayla that they want. I was just protecting her. Flashback to that night. We get the rest of the scene. They pull the boys out of the, the bullies pull the boys out of the car and they're beating Liam to a pulp with a bat and they leave Malik. Oh, so they only just pulled Liam out. They get out. Malik then gets out. Liam is clearly dead, like eyes open, beaten to a pulp. Yeah. And we see baby Malik take his glasses. Mm. So now we cut to the camera on Kayla's Polaroid on the bulletin board and Aaron knocking on the door and he comes in and Kayla's just sitting on the edge of the bed and crying and Aaron sits down and he's like it's just you and me now kid and he's like but we're gonna get through this we always do and I just wrote really good dad mm. like he's such a sweetheart so then we cut to Aaron in the dark dark house uh, leaving Kayla's room. So like he shuts, shuts the door and he walks past the flower on the table, which is in full bloom. Aaron sits down at Malik's computer and up on the computer is like what he was writing. And so he starts reading it and it's not the book he was supposed to be writing. And then his foot kicks something and it's a videotape under the desk. So he watches it. It's a scene with the 1985 daughter at a neighborhood cookout. Uh, the girl that was playing the recorder mm -hmm. looks just the same. And the daughter is like, Mom, can you guys stop recording me? She's like, I'm going to go find Ty. Then we hear a man talking <laughs> about, I can't believe there was a break in. And the video camera turns it's Marshall and Tiffany across the way. <laughs> oh no. The daughter is sitting with her teenage boyfriend from 10 years ago. It's Tyler. The very same thirst trap. Oh, we came to know in 1995. Aaron stops the tape and is like, fuck. Cut to Malik asleep in his jail cell. Someone walks up. It's Marshall. Not dead. Marshall. And I wrote, unshot. <laughs> and Malik is like, what the fuck are you? Just out with it. What the fuck are you? I'm like, now you're just a straight shooter with the communication, Malik. <laughs> and Marshall says, I'm someone who's been around for a very long time. Clearly. 
Cut to Aaron calling for Kayla. Her door is locked and she's not answering. Cut to Marshall. And I wrote out exactly what Marshall said. So you'll pretty much be getting this verbatim. Cut to Marshall saying, I don't like this any more than you, but this is how it works and this is how we make it work. Malik is like, just don't hurt her, please. Marshall is like, you know I can't do that. It's too late. Cut to Aaron trying to open Kayla's door. Then he hears something, turns, looks over the balcony into his living room, a dozen hooded figures standing there. So he starts to try to bust the door down now, but he hears a bell. So he slowly turns to where the bell came from. And we see that the door to Kayla's room opens, but he's like now no longer facing the door. He's facing out. All of the hooded figures are now directly in front of him. Ah! And the door to the room, there's this weird pink light. But, uh, so then we cut back to Marshall telling Malik tonight you broke out of jail. You had drugs in your system. You relapsed again. You killed her. You killed your husband and then yourself. Cut to terrifying masked hooded faces in Aaron's hallway. And he's cornered between them and Kayla's room. So he starts to back up and turns and is like, Kayla? On the foot of the bed is Tyler eating something covered in blood. The camera pans over. It is completely hollowed out Kayla oh, on the bed. Oh, no. And Tyler is just munching away on her entrails. Aaron fucking scream cries. And here comes Tiffany over his shoulder, looks at her son and says, isn't it beautiful? Kayla's body. Totally disemboweled cut back to Marshall that's what everyone will say and not one soul will question it because of who you are people won't care Malik they've already got their minds made up they're afraid of you and when the tides change there'll be someone else to be afraid of oh there always God. is and there always will be it's human nature fear we just exploit it. Fuck. So then he walks away, whistling. Oh, when the saints <sighs> go marching in. Kim, what? last question. What? What was Malik's final move? And I'll tell you, it, it does. It happened previously, but we didn't see it. It's not happening in the jail cell. Okay. He put the tape for Aaron to find and what did he do? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> is this 
what I do too? Or this is just me guessing mm-hmm. it? No, both of you. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, he didn't save Kayla. That didn't work out. For mm-hmm. sure. That's for sure. He, um, can I get to know if it was like before or after shooting Marshall? It was before. It was before. Before shooting Marshall. Before he was kicked out. Like before he left to go to the motel. Oh. He did the um, spell or ritual or something from the book. (laughs) To... Okay. Join them. <laughs> to join them. No, no, no. To live, okay. not join them, but to live forever. <laughs> okay. And what did you do? <laughs> I don't. Okay. Um, what did we do? It was before I left for the motel. God, that was so long ago, and I've been I so crazy since then. It's, it's so crazy. Time jumps all over the place. What did I know then? We, is it something that I know about? Mm-hmm. It was a process. <laughs> Man, I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, this is what you would do. You can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I don't know either because I don't remember <laughs> where I was then mm. versus where I am now. You'd figured a lot out. Okay, I and Marshall. No, wait, Malik. <laughs> Who am Malik. I? Well, You're Malik. Who am I? Yeah. I, I'm, c- cancel my last one. Okay. I and Malik, hand in hand, put down everything. I, I put all of my communication into... Uh, the book that I wrote down everything that has happened and I wrote to, I put my receipts I'm going to put you out of your book. memory I put my receipts Double in the book oh yes. my god it took so long I know it did. thank you but everyone you got for there. sitting with me but I, I had to figure it out and I you knew, got there I knew I could you got there so <laughs> we got all the information from Marshall right in that last moment but Malik had it figured out prior to this. Yeah, he did. So now we have a voiceover and a date, November 7th, 2005. Same town. 2005. What? Oh, no. Ten years later. Fuck. Okay. There's a new family moving into the house. <laughs> There's a shot of Tyler. As a teenager, Marshall and Tiff looking exactly the same. 
as the new family drives by and they wave. Then we get a shot of the of the family, and the father is wearing a traditional turban style I headdress. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. He waves back at Marshall. Tyler and Tiffany wave back as well. Voiceover of Malik. They find someone to vilify, and we see flashes of Malik scanning the Polaroids and recording his voice, interspliced with the Muslim family moving in. Mom, dad, daughter. Voiceover. They do this so no one bats an eye. Mm -hmm. This happened to us our first night living here. Pick of the F word on the wall. Everything this town has done and is doing is in this document. Cut to the Muslim father looking out the window. Voiceover. I'm making this for you because I believe you are the next target. And so you have a chance. We see Malik burning a disc. And then we see the disc that he put into the 80s rainbow hit CD case. Mm -hmm. Cut to the daughter. Voiceover. I don't know who will find this or what kind of person you are. But my hope is that you might be the one to finally break the cycle. Mm. Daughter goes into what was Kayla's room and looks up and sees a strange stain on the ceiling. Cut to her going up into the attic. Just remember. Just remember. Hope is never silent. Cut to the daughter with a flashlight and it stops on a CD case tucked into the corner. Spiral. Oh my God. That was so fucking good. Yeah. So I watched this the night of the debates. (laughs) I was, uh, my brain was, my brain house was, was um disorganized it was yeah <laughs> there there's some um there was some structural damage yeah, to my brain house i can imagine Whew. so um all right so now i'll talk a little bit about like why this was made do you want to do my points uh, first oh yeah hi sammy's so we heard a rumor that you're not signed up for our awesome patreon yet what where are you getting your bone con then? It's cool. It's fine. You can still subscribe. Just hit the link in the show notes or search for us on Patreon. We're right there. We've got all kinds of bone con. That's bonus content. We've got mini-sodes, post-mortems, and Q&As, all live streams, polls, prizes, merch, and just a general smorgasbord of KK Sam. So join us. Or else. Okay. So... Uh, your dead or alive's were abysmal. Congratulations! Cool, cool, cool. You got Great. one out of six. <laughs> Wonderful. But with that bonus point, you got two out of six. Uh, for questions, you got fifteen out of twenty-two for a total of seventeen out of twenty-eight. I'm reasonable. I'm still a a winner. Yeah, uh, you did a great fucking job. The last Malik's- question is the only thing I fucking care about after that. Yeah. And you got it. And I feel so Malik, good. He doesn't fucking communicate. You know that was a tough one. Yeah, it was hard to get a fucking read on him for a while there. Yeah. So okay. So uh, this is quintessentially a queer themed horror film. Uh, obviously, 
the reason that I say that is because in the interview that I talked about, even uh, so, so um, John of John and Colin, who are the writers, mm -hmm. John is queer. Mm -hmm. And he even says in an interview, he's like, we wanted to make a queer horror film where people would see two men being affectionate with each other and living their queer lives yeah. without it being a thing. Right. Like, you know, like that and he's like, thing. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, and he's like, and no, I'm yeah. not talking about the gay Friday, the third or night, uh, the gay nightmare on Elm street. Right. Which I just think is so funny because it's like, that is like an iconic gay film, but it wasn't made for gay people. For that, yeah, they yeah, yeah. claimed it because that was all that, that there was available to them. This is a movie that was like, no, 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 I'm making this for gay people. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Um, the uh, director, Curtis David Harder, directed Summerland and In Control, which I don't recall. But uh, the producers of this film made Harpoon, which is one of the movies oh, we did. They also produced Z and Stillborn which I know I think is both of those I think are on our list somewhere. Oh yeah. Um, Z is, I was just, uh, someone in girl gore girls night out just posted about something, but I think it was unborn. Unborn. Something. Yeah. I thought not this one is born. like, okay, yeah, yeah. This different. one is still slash born is mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, the trailer, they definitely picked up on the fact that it's got a very get out vibe. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah you know, for marginalized queer people as opposed to marginalized people of color. Uh, and uh, the reviewer wrote, it's a good thing that filmmakers have finally discovered how creepy the suburbs are. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. That's um, funny. So just a couple excerpts from an interview. Uh, this was, people are asked about, you know, is this in response to anything? And John, who's the queer writer, goes, it was definitely a real, a relax." a reaction to the 2016 election. Wow. Uh, and the divisive rhetoric that Trump was using and just the way it was so viscerally obvious how human beings were being scapegoated ultimately to stir up a base. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, Damn. It's very yeah. well done. I mean, they did a phenomenal job putting that yeah. into a piece of art. Um, yes. Yes. Very, very well done. Yeah. Um, the uh actor who plays Malik, um, I'm not sure what his name is, uh, uh but he is in um American Horror Story. Okay, see, I didn't know him from American Horror Story, but he's on drag race all the time. Oh, okay. So that's why I knew him. Um Friday the thirteenth, which is one of our best pod buddies, um, they do have an interview with him, um, which I'm <gasps> oh, really excited cool. to listen to now. So. Cool, 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 cool. I'll I'll tell I'll let Friday know that we just did this. Uh, yeah, so everyone movie. should go check that out. It's yeah, Friday the thirteenth. Um yeah. and they're wonderful. We love them. Yeah. Uh, so that was Spiral. Go watch it, you guys. It's I really great watch the, it today. The, Acting is Im impeccable, you know, because the message is obviously so great. The storytelling is so great. And then on top of it, the acting is very good. Yeah. So um, that was yeah, that was spiral. A phenomenal movie. What a great, great, great job and meaningful as fuck. And wow. Fuck. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. All I can say yeah. is damn. Yeah. So uh, thank you for sharing. That's it. Love it. Yeah, um, and thank you for listening, Sammies. Um, 
we uh, I'll say the normal stuff and then you can remind people of a few of the new things. Follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at KK Sam podcast. Come talk uh, to us over in our Facebook group, Sammy's stay alive. Maybe um, check out our show notes. I'm sure Kim is going to post show notes that have a lot like all the events coming up in October yeah. that we're doing. Uh, all that kind of stuff, and join our Patreon. Um, yeah, I think we said everything at the beginning. The only thing for this specific week is going to be, basically, it's this Saturday, mm-hmm. October 10th, is when we have our live show. So it's part yeah. of um, uh, Harbo. Oh, my God. Sorry, Eric just walked by, like, but, like. <sighs> you just scared Kim on film, and we, because <laughs> she, like, by. saw just your shadow. But, like, yeah. no, it's because in the little picture is bigger. Like, when we look at each oh, other on screen, we can only see, like, ourselves. Yeah. And I just saw something move in, like, the bottom picture of your thing. And at that, first, I thought it was at my house, and then I was scared of that, and then I realized it was your house. Either way, it was scary. What the fuck is happening today? (laughs) Jesus Christ, I've been scared by so much. Um, Uh, Yeah. October 10th, Saturday, Kedron's birthday bash, virtual live show, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Link will be in the show notes for tickets. Uh, We love you all so much. So much. Uh, Come join our Patreon before October 31st and get entered into a drawing to win a Funko Pop doll. Join our Patreon in the year of 2020 and get two months free if you sign up for an annual membership. (laughs) This has been Kim and Kat's Stay Alive. Maybe. So until next week. Stay alive. Stay alive. Goodbye. Ghosted me. I'm done. (laughs) How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.